Today's episode is brought to you by Bowegans Beer Company. Bowegans, they're paying us. Seriously, they're seriously they're they're legitimately paying us. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Al Sterling. Welcome to For Geek's Sake. I'm in the studio today with producer Dan. Hey, everybody. And co-host Liz. Hi. Oh. Is that not my thing? No, let's let's keep working on that. Let's take that one back. Let's try it again. (laughs) Uh, This is For Geek's Sake episode 127. What? 127 being, of course, the exact number of prank calls that Elon Musk made to Mike Zuckerberg uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not a lot of people know that. 127. That was how many did yesterday. Uh, Mark's annoyed. Um, apparently, Emily Chance, who frequents the show sometimes, mm-hmm, was telling mm-hmm. me about a, uh, a, I forget which author it is on Cracked.com, but he has a, a video series that comes out on Cracked Weekly, and there's one segment of his video series that's called Please, Please Don't Run for President Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, has he included, has he included The Rock? Because you know The Rock's... Yeah, the Rock's going. He's making he's, a run. He's running for president. Mm-hmm. He's he's announced unofficially but officially that he's he's doing it. Do you smell what America is cooking? Uh, yes, actually, which yeah. is why even the Rock is. <laughs> it's not pleasant. We're not anyway. We're not gonna. We're not politicking here. No. That is not. That's not a thing we do. Uh, welcome to For Geek's Sake, ladies and gentlemen. It is a very special episode, and I just need to open up with uh, probably the single greatest piece of news in For Geek's Sake history. Uh, after 127 episodes, after a lot of hard work, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears by so many people, both the ones on air and all the ones behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, I am now very proud to say we sold out. Yes. So yeah. out. With me. We sold out. We've been dreaming about this for 126 episodes. Holy shit. Yes. And I want to be been, clear. I haven't put the camera on me. Um, uh, uh, we sold out. We've been trying to sell out for, very, for I think episode, I think the first episode that hit the air, mm-hmm. we, we talked about selling out. <laughs> Ta-da. And it took us over two years to do it, but we finally found some suck. I mean, we found some people that were willing <laughs> To pay us for our advertising. And so we want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that we are a group of people who keep their promises when we're paid to. That's right. And so I, I just want you guys to know that we have sold out completely and without any any qualms or recourse, uh, without any hesitation. Everything is brought to you by Bogan's Beer. Bogan's. Um, Bogan's. Oh, shame me. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, Bogan's. And a matter of fact, today, Bogan's Beer, uh, we have two of them. I should also, by the way, mention that only one third of the of our crew is an avid beer drinker. It's yes. me. Uh, so we have we that's, have our beer snob over hi, there with that's Liz. Me. Uh, you have your beer amateur uh, <laughs> with, with uh, over here with Al, and we have what we'll call our cynic. Yeah, uh, with producer Dan, yeah. Yeah. who surprise surprise doesn't like what everybody else likes. So <laughs> we're all very shocked. <laughs> Wait, let me show you my surprised face. Ooh, that's a pretty good surprise face. So, um, you know, if you guys uh, would like to help out the show or and or you'd like to get drunk, we suggest Bowegan's beer because yes. they're paying us. So, uh, yay, 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 yay! Oh God, my throat is a little get a little little parched. Maybe you should have a, a drink of that lovely beverage in front of you. Oh, you mean this Bowegan's beer? That's I right. would love to. Which one is that? This is the green. Wait, hang on. I gotta make sure I get it right. This is the green eighteen. 
So the okay. cream ale with lemon. I don't like hops, which is a problem because beer has lots of that in it. Yeah. So I'm actually like, you know, the, there's like the beer snobs, like the double IPAs, these IPA, the capital letters IPA. I don't know. What the, uh, I like Liz. I like the opposite end of that. Um, I actually, my preferred beer is, is, is a hard root beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's not beer. No, that's not. Be- oh, no, I'm going to be the cynic. No, no, you're snob. You're just, you're okay. just more snobbing it up. Let, you're just further let me tell snobbing. you, so I'm sure that most of our listeners have been to the Cloak and Blaster. All of our listeners have been to the Cloak and Blaster. You guys have been to the Cloak and Blaster. You know how they do the roll the die and get the random beer? Mm-hmm. So the first time I ever went to Cloak and Blaster, I was like, what a cool thing. And I rolled the 20-sided die. And the first thing I got was a triple IPA. And it was delicious. It was, it was a me beer. It was a Liz beer. Blech. And then the second thing I got was a hard root beer. And they say, they say, you get what you get. You cannot, like, you have to drink what they bring you. I threw such a fit about the hard root beer that they, like, the server felt so bad for me (laughs) that I was just like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And he was like, I'm only going to do this for you. You know what? And he brought me a new beer. You know who uh, might one day make a hard root beer that you'd enjoy? Boeing Boeing. and Vegas. Yay. (laughs) All right. So uh, we just want to say a big thank you. So, yeah, tonight we are drinking the uh, Green 18 uh, Cream Ale with Lemon, uh, which is, like, if you don't like beer, this is what I suggest. This was the same one we talked about a couple weeks ago, the Bo Nine. Uh, when I was in there having our first conversations mm-hmm. with them, uh, I felt a little weird because I didn't like beer. Uh, and here I was trying to do it. And I had the Bow 9. And I'm like, oh, this actually, shit, I found a beer I like. And so then we kind of kept moving from there. I Hi, also I hate everything that you do. Will you please give me money for my podcast? Hey, <laughs> whoa. I don't hate everything that they do. <laughs> I love that they provide alcohol. It's just not usually my fl- my flavor of alcohol. <laughs> right. But I'm coming along because I like the Bow 9. And then when I went in to go get our actual beer for the show, because um, we get beer, uh, there, I was like, well, you just have the bow nine. I don't really know what to do. And so the bartender there was like, well, here, try this. I'm like, oh, this is delicious. And oh, try this. Oh, this is delicious. They've got one. They've got one that is in goddamn rum barrel. Uh, <gasps> oh, I want that one. Get that one. It's some quad something, something, something quad rum, something. I don't know. That sounds yummy. Anyway, it was amazing. And I really liked it. So we're doing the green 18. And what was the other one? The, the other one is the um, seven layer milk stout. Seven layer uh, milk stout. Now, this one is actually award winning. It is. It won the award for best milk stout in 2017 in the state of Florida. That's that's what that did, uh, and I didn't like it at all. I actually can't stand it. So that's what happened there. Uh, okay, so anyway, we're not going to spend every episode spending 10 minutes talking about Bowiegans. Uh, right. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to mention them frequently throughout the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did. I mean, in a half a second of seriousness here, um, one of the things that we said in our deal with Bowiegans is we said we should we're not we're not reading copy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not going to be one of those. For those of you who listen to other podcasts, uh, this is not going to be one of those things where you go, today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible.com is the, <laughs> that's leading. No, none of that. None of that kind of stuff. That's why we specifically looked. We looked for a local business that did something we believed in, mm-hmm. uh, alcohol. Which is beer. Uh, and uh, was going to let us do things our way. And so that's what we did here. So uh, we would appreciate if you guys would patron patronize Bowiegans. Bo- Don't patronize them. Patronize them. Patronize them. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, please patronize them. Patronize them. Tell them. Go. Go get sake. beer and tell them that for geek's sake sent you. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. So we're b- bonus. Uh, uh, now we're just. I mean, we're already getting drunk during the episodes, and now we're going to do it. You know, more sponsored. regularly sponsored beer, right? <laughs> so anyway, so that's all of that stuff. Today's episode. Okay, so here's what's going on with today's episode. Uh, we have to do this Ames on Thrones thing, and so for the past seven episodes, Ames on Thrones has dropped. 
we have done the podcast, which is usually about an hour to an hour 20. Well, let's be honest, about an hour and a half. I, one time it was like an hour and 45. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Names on Thrones was then, an hour and 57. Right. So we've been literally rolling in. We come in straight after work. So we get we started getting here between 5 and 5.30, and we've been leaving at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And then the season finale dropped, and we're like, okay, we cannot do this. And it's an extra long episode. Right. It's an extra long episode. It's a season finale. Uh, there's just not that much beer. So <laughs> we... I mean, we got 128 ounces of beer. That's, I know what I said. Uh, so what we decided <laughs> to do instead was we we're going to do something we're calling Talk Nerdy to Me. Uh, so it's going to be our, our mailbag section. So yeah. we took questions in from you guys uh, all week long. And so we've compiled them, and we're going to go through them, and we're going to answer a bunch. And so it'll be a bit of a shorter episode, but that's why, because we we need to get home before, because I still, I mean, you may not realize this, this isn't actually our jobs. None of us get paid to do this. Actually, with the sponsorship from Boegans, I believe we will now almost not co- cost us money to do this every week. Yeah, yay. Yay. <laughs> it'll still cost us, but not, not a whole lot. Yeah. So that's what we're going to call it when. Um, so we're going to take some questions and we're going to do that. And that'll be our episode today. And then actually our response here, can I tell you the truth? I'm gonna tell you guys a secret. Hmm. I actually was seriously concerned. I was gonna have to make up questions. Right. Um, but we ended up getting a ton. We get so many that I don't think we can do it within the scope of what we're trying to do tonight. Mm-hmm. So we'll answer a bunch tonight. And then uh, we'll answer one or two kind of every couple weeks or so. Uh, and so please keep sending us questions. If we don't get your question today, we will answer it. I promise. And if you're watching live right now, uh, I am monitoring the live chat. So if I, be, see something, good. if I see something really <laughs> juicy come in the live chat, we'll probably answer that one too, maybe. Sure. Absolutely. Can we start with the dragon names? Because that was fun. Yeah, that was this was this was Liz. Our do our our social media game is on point. I wonder why. Uh, I probably due to my amazing leadership. Uh, I think is probably the <laughs> your ability to my, delegate. Yes, my ability to find other people to do work for me. Hey, uh, my ability <laughs> to find other people to do work for me is. Well, I'll give you a hint. I'm the host, so I actually do the least. <laughs> so I liked. I, first of all, I'd like to throw it out there to everyone that engages in the fun little things that I post on Facebook. Thank you. Um, it's fun when you interact, and it's fun when we we get love to, reading it when we get to read your stuff and when we get to joke with each other. So that's great. Uh, so I posted this in honor of Game of Thrones. I posted this uh, little meme and it was how to create your dragon name so you're supposed to take the last two letters of your first name the middle two letters of your last name the first two letters of your mother's name and the last letter of your father's name and it even says on the meme this will work for only half of you uh and i posted it because my dragon name is smeekin <laughs> which is really funny because i had a lisp as a child so even my dragon has a lisp and uh so you guys really jumped in i mean we have 35 comments on this thing and everybody jumped in and gave us your dragon names and so i'm just going to go through and read out a couple of my favorites you've got to um, share you got to share the one from uh, emily i uh, love hers so emily's emily's dragon name and i think it's better because she typed it in all capitals is Ah-ha-cock. That one, that one made me which, pretty happy. Which is my favorite. Uh, Al's is pretty great. Yours is pretty great. Yeah, uh, mine, mine is pronounced allergen. Allergen. <laughs> so apparently, my dragon can be defeated by an antihistamine. The sneeziest dragon in the land. <laughs> it's also very indecisive about who it likes, you or your wife. Right. <laughs> which is weird because most people are not d- indecisive. They're very clearly preferring my wife. Yeah. Uh, my brother did not post. My mother posted hers. Hers is Hymenes. Oh, that's. Mm. The Virgin Dragon. <laughs> um, and then my brother sent me his via text message. His is Ermacan. 
All right. <laughs> Which I just interpreted as Ermagerdrigger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, now read some that aren't family, though. We've got. Yeah, I do, I do apologize. So, uh, <laughs> Brad Hintons is my favorite because it's. <laughs> because it's all consonants. Yeah. Uh, well, Chad Chad Valdez is Algonquin. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Stu Bailey is Ritplum. All right. Uh, we have. Give me one more. Uh, let's do a good one. Let's. Oh, hold on. Uh, Andrea Davis Newman is a Eumbau. Eumbau. I believe that wasn't that uh, Hanson's big follow up to their hit Imbop. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was. I'm pretty sure that was that was that one was. Uh, uh, Calvin's dragon name is Inudoi. <laughs> God, and everything everything with him ends up naked. I don't know what that is. Uh, Mine was uh, Il Nobel. <laughs> See, yours are pronounced like I'm, I. I got the wimpiest dragon name. <laughs> I'm allergen. <laughs> I just hey I'm the guys. only I'm the only dragon with a freaking like uh, uh, inhaler. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and ironically, the big bottle, uh, the big Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's it. All right. Um, so, uh, so thank you to everybody who who joined us for that one. That was that's awesome. So in true lack of professionalism, I'm going to have to pause Uh-oh. because my Game of Thrones show notes have just arrived. Go. We know, so, we're not waiting yeah. for you. We're you going. Guys, yeah. You guys hang out and keep drinking beer. That does, cool. That's the plan. God, what kind of beer should we drink? Hmm. How about... Uh, Ooh, this awkward break is brought to you by Bowigans. <laughs> Bowigans. Bowigans. Oh, God bless it. It's Bowigans. It's, it's not Bo-Wegans. that hard. It's really not. It's, it's Bowig. Okay. Ends. Here's the thing. And... And I, I just, I'm going to be honest with you here. The eye throws me off. Yeah. It looks like a wig. It does. It looks like Bowie. You know, Bo-Wiggins. but, but a Bowiegans uh, mm-hmm. is the pronoun- is a pronounced pronunciation. He's from Wisconsin. Oh, that's the thing. So there was the eye mm-hmm. became the, the long E there. So anyway, so we've got a, a whole bunch of questions that we are going to run through here uh, while Liz goes and pretends like she didn't completely screw the pooch there. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. So we got a whole bunch. We voted on the which ones we wanted to answer first. So I think I'm going to open with this one. Uh, I'm going to start with this one from uh, from Andrew. So Andrew asks, mm-hmm. if, "I'm back if anyone cares." If uh, nobody does, if uh, <laughs> that unnecessary insult is brought to you by Bowiegans, <laughs> uh, Andrew Andrew writes, uh, "If you somehow only so this is our first question. Okay. Should, so our first question, we're, we're taking pull this one from Andrew. Okay, if you were somehow only ever to be allowed to consume one type of medium forevermore, which would you choose?" Comic Ooh. books, regular books, movies, or TV shows. You get everything ever made in the past and future, but only in that medium, and you never again get to see, read, or hear anything in the other mediums. Oof. Yeah, I thought we'd open up with a, with a, like a strong question. This is yeah. such a good... I've been thinking about this all week. Really? Because I already know my answer to this one. No, I, it's a lie. I, I already know my answer, too. Uh, you want to start off, Dan, or you want to think for a second? I'll, I'll think. Okay. I'm you going go. books. Same. To me, there's no, there's just no, just because because the first thing you look at is okay. If this is all I get, there damn well better be a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so while I mean, you could I could absolutely see the TV having mm-hmm. you know plenty of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of I don't know. I, I think I would have better luck with books. You've got a lot more human history that you can pull from. Well, let's dissect his question a little bit because what if everything that you consumed via TV was converted to book? I don't think you so. You know what I mean. Mm. If, no. Andrew, if Andrew was listening live right now, he'd be able to. No, I no, I, I take this to mean like it's as is. Okay. Um, like it's, yeah, I'm in space. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, and I think, and then I think about the stuff that we've seen that's been converted from. I mean, a lot of stuff 
gets converted from books to other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the books, aside from Game of Thrones, uh, are <laughs> always better. Listen, you do so, not. I'm drinking beer, and you don't want to get into this with me. Beer? You mean this delicious, but we... And we're not doing Ames on Thrones right now, and we'll talk about it later. <laughs> That cold shoulder brought to you by Bowegans. We will talk about oh, this we're gonna have This is going to get interesting because we are on polar opposite sides of this episode, I think. Uh, I, it's not that I, it's not about the ep- No, anyway. We'll no, get there. No. So uh, what about you, Dan? <sighs> I, see, I get where you're going with the reading, with the, with the book thing. But, but you're not a big book guy anyway. I read slowly. Mm. Because well, then that's even better for you. That means it should last a lot longer. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but like my eyes get tired and stuff. Yeah, you know, like I don't want to work yeah. that hard if this is the only media I can consume. Mm. I want to just kick back and relax. Yeah. So you're going TV or movies? <sighs> I mean, if you're gonna, if it's between TV and movies, I feel like you gotta go TV. Yeah, I think there's there's more to that. I think, and especially right now, we're in the golden age of TV, mm-hmm. right, and you're gonna get much better stories on TV than you're gonna be able to get on yeah, a movie because I like long form. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where'd you go? I'm I'm on books. Yeah. Hard hardcore. I. I, I have such my issue is is that I have such a vivid imagination and I'm such a stubborn person to begin with that mm-hmm. I don't like <laughs> other people's visions of my stories. I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, I even have a hard time being on the show and having to watch so many movies because I I'm not a movie watcher. And this is something that I've come to terms with with myself recently is that I, I it, it's hard for me to actually sit down and focus on a movie for that long of a period of time. Hmm. Um I don't even watch that much television. Uh, uh, you know, it's like yeah. we, we and we've seen that already with me on the show is that, you know, we we broke down Defenders last week and I haven't watched the shows leading up to the Defenders and I'm right. watching Jessica Jones now and I find it entertaining but I find it very hard to make myself sit down and focus on the TV, but I love to read and I love to let my imagination create the world that I'm reading about. So, let me so ask, that's definitely my favorite. Let me ask you, Dan, though. If mm-hmm. we, what, how, what place would comic books come in for you? Would, that come, would it go TV, movies, comic books, or TV, comic books, movies? Uh, yeah, I think I would put it second. Okay. I was just yeah. curious there. Yeah, because the, yeah. the comic books are one of those things you look at and I'm like, ah. Yeah. There's just, I mean, if we look across the width and breadth of options, I would love it, but I would run out of comic books I actually wanted to read. I don't know that I ever would. I would. I definitely think I, I would. Um, eventually, I mean, across all of uh, all the time. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's grab one from. Really quick, got- can I ask a haha, Liz is dumb question? Sure. <laughs> so, so, so I'm monitoring the, the group chat, right? The mm-hmm. live chat. Um, but I can't chat back because it says create a channel to join the chat. <laughs> okay. What? What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> if you signed in as for geek's sake, you'd be fine. Oh, yeah. Sign us for geek's sake. There you go. Uh, let's start the next question here. Uh, uh, we're, Terry sent us over like so many great questions, uh, and we're going to probably cover several of his here. Um, but I'm going to start with... Actually, let's see. Let's start with... Um, actually, I'd love to do this one here. Uh, who would win in a fight? The FGS team or 25 fourth graders? 25 so, fourth graders. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I, I can speak to this one um, rather personally. Uh-huh. Uh, so when I was in high school, uh, the, our technical director, Elijah and I, we lived in the same neighborhood and we would walk home from the bus every day. And, um, in high schools walking home, there was an elementary school nearby and those kids were also there. And they were really mean. There, they were. We actually were, <laughs> this is a true story. We were, uh, I think juniors in high school and we were jumped by about 35 elementary school children. <laughs> 
Well, like, good on him for being that organized. Hand to God. Well, it started out like we got off the bus. I think it was Monday, and these kids are walking past, and we're I mean we're not bothering them. We're high schoolers, and right. they're like third graders. And this one third grader starts getting mouthy with us. Like I think I don't know what happened. Like he bumped into me or whatever else, and he starts dropping like expletives. Like he's uh-huh. like I mean calling me names. Like I didn't know all the words he was using. Like yeah. he was bad. And so every day, more and more of his friends would come and join in, and every <laughs> single day for like four days, they're just insulting us and threatening us and whatever. Did they make le- you lick the white dog shit? Is that what happened? Uh, not yet. But they, <laughs> so on the, on Thursday, they, they threatened to, to, to beat our ass the next day. We're coming up. We're going to beat your ass. And Elijah and I are looking at each other like, what, <laughs> what, what am I even supposed to do with this? So on the, on Friday, <laughs> sure enough, we get off the bus and we're a little nervous. And let me tell you, man, I have gotten off of the bus and known that I was going to have to fight somebody on more than one occasion in my life. Okay? Right. It, it was unfortunately a little more often. I got bullied a bit. I was an asshole. Point is, I don't, I don't know if I call it <laughs> bullying. It was partly bullying. It was partly being an asshole. Yeah. The point here is that I don't think I've ever been quite as nervous as I was when I stepped off the bus because there's legitimately a crowd of elementary school children waiting for us when we get off the bus. And so, so the headline is either 35 uh, third graders beat up two high schoolers or two high schoolers beat up 35 right. <laughs> elementary well, school so kids. So we, Which one do you think is going to be better? <laughs> right. Well, we, we kind of ran like a little bit. Like we tried to move quicker because like, you know, we're trying to move a little faster than them, but they You're kept not chasing us. No, no, they got Especially now. Uh, well, not today, but these kids eventually catch up with us and they jumped us and they started trying to punch us and kick us and whatever else. And so like, mm-hmm. eventually they won. Um, like, well, yeah. Okay. So d- did you fight back? Yeah. Well, we didn't like swing like punches. Cause this is, my, this is my question. This is my, my, my issue with this question. It's, it's an issue of morality. I'm not punching a fourth grader in the face. Right. But if it's a death match. Like I mean, if, it's, if it's you or them, yeah, like if, the trolley is it like the trolley problem? We if we're in the dragon pits and and it's <laughs> one of you is coming out of live, well, it's like one of you or thirty five of them. Well, I guess right. three of us. Here's the thing: how? Well, many, the question is, do we get Ivan and Eli in? No, I think because it's just, that's, they're they're definitely part of the team. I think I think it's just the three of us. Just I think we have to assume. Okay. So thirty five kids. That's a one. That's like twelve each, give or take. Well, can you take the girls? That's the question, Liz. That's Look, really what gonna, I think this is going to come down to. If I'm going to swing on a fourth grader, you think I'm going to suddenly get really picky about whether it's a boy or a girl? Here's my thing, though, <laughs> is that I, I mean, I probably wouldn't feel bad about like hip checking them all. Right. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, that's what we did. We body checked him. We threw him. <laughs> um, actually, at one point, our technical director picked the kid up uh, and hung him from a tree branch by his backpack. Uh, but then the kid slipped out of the backpack and punched uh, our technical director in the nuts. Yeah, that's going to so, happen. That's the problem. You're at, you're at, Prime nut punching height. Uh, right. Nick is signed into the live chat and he said if they were zombies. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, then, oh, yeah, obviously yeah. I'm chopping off little kid zombies' heads. Right. So here's the question though. Can <laughs> we. Where's my baseball bat? I can right? take. I think I Batter can take. Up? I think I can take 12 fourth graders. Yeah. <laughs> or the third graders or fourth graders? That makes a difference. Fourth graders. It's fourth. 20, 25 fourth graders. Uh, 25 fourth. Okay. That's going to be. Yeah, fourth graders are getting big. I think. Oh, but it's only 25, not 35. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah This is fine. <laughs> So that's like eight and a half each. Right. Okay. Is this, I can this take is Terry's question. Uh, yeah, okay. this is, I can take, I can definitely take eight fourth graders. If we, if you guys have got your eight. Yeah, I got mine. You can, you take eight fourth graders. Like, yeah, she can. She's I mean, we're assuming this is a fight to the death. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. But I, and, 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 and Liz has got Derby going so she can, she can, she'll take eight of them. Okay. So yes, uh, we believe we could take eight fourth graders each. So 25 between us. Hi, Logan. Hope you're watching on the live feed. Uh, He's fourth grade, by the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> tell him and 24 his friends the best not step. 
They best not step. I'm oh, so glad we answered boy. that question. Uh, is, it the, is it the For Geek's Sake email address? Are you still stuck over there? Yeah, man. You just signed into Google as For Geek's Sake. This is embarrassing. Even my mother figured this out. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Why don't you just sign in as you? I am. And it's like your personal... It won't let her. It says create a channel, and I don't know what that means. All right. You know what? We're going to keep going here. Uh, we can't respond to your posts. So that's really what that means. Me well, we can respond you. by talking to them. So, Steve, uh, we got another one from Steve. This one's an, an, uh, a Game of Thrones one. Um, okay. So, Steve asks... Is this a spoiler-free Game of Thrones question? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, Steve asks... Uh, so, Pod, Pod, me being Podrick, uh, begins to say to Brienne, the, you know, the, the, who's our, our, the tall, blonde, female knight. Yeah. Uh, so, Pod be- begins to say to Brianna... Uh, Brienne, uh, my lady, and she interrupts him and begins to say, I'm not, dot, right. dot, dot. Uh, I think we might reveal the knight from Tarth is transgender. No. 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 No, because there's evidence to back up that that's... So, Brienne... I don't... No. No. I don't think it's that big of a social commentary on the show. So, Brienne always has seen herself as a knight, and throughout the story, she's always... She's, She's like, what if Arya was like six feet tall? That's basically who she is. Yeah. No. Well, she she doesn't. It's not that she doesn't see herself. I don't think it's that she doesn't see herself as a woman. I think it's just that she doesn't see herself as a lady, just mm-hmm. as Arya doesn't see herself as the, a lady. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So when so when he because Milady is a title, it's not really him referencing her gender. It's a title, right? So she sees herself as a knight, and Pod is her squire, mm-hmm. right? Right. As I bang on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I no, I don't I don't I don't think so. I don't think that's what they're alluding to. I don't think it's I think it's an interesting thought. I mean, I think in the books, you're right in the books, they make it pretty clear that she constantly says that she's she's not a lady. She's a knight and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But they don't really mention that as much in the books. And I'm kind of I'm sorry, in the show. Well, but they did back when she was with Jamie. Yeah, there was lots of talk about that. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's been covered. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Uh, let's see here. We're going to cover Brad. Brad, uh, I don't like terribly much. Um, okay. Uh, well, so we're going to go ahead and do his question now because <sighs> Brad says, and this, by the way, is not our senior legal correspondent. We love that guy. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say, what, what did Brad do? I don't no, 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 no. He's, no, no, no. Because we, we, we run the risk of Brad trying to charge us for all of the stuff he does. Yeah. And we can't afford that. No, 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 no. Not even with our wonderful Bowiegan sponsorship. For geek's sake, brought to you by Bowiegans. But vegans. Uh, so, uh, Brad wants to know why does Al think that Waco Taco is good? It's mediocre at best. <laughs> oh, oh, the gauntlet has been thrown down. Yeah. So, let me tell you why Waco Taco <laughs> is the best. The best in, damn tacos. The best in damn tacos in Central Florida. Uh, because uh, number one, they use all fresh ingredients. Everything is prepared there fresh every single morning. Are you saying that they don't at TJ Flats? Yes. Ooh. Here's the thing. I'm not saying that they don't use fresh stuff, but there's literally, like, I've talked with the owners. There's no freezer anywhere mm-hmm. in, at, at, uh, at Waco Taco. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, all of their sauces, all of their vegetables, everything is made fresh, chopped fresh, prepared fresh every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just leads to a better stop. And I think the recipes are delicious. And I think that they're, I mean, just everything about them is delicious. And I'm not saying that Brad isn't entitled to his own opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that Brad is terribly wrong. He probably doesn't even like Bowiegan's beer. <laughs> oh, dang. Also, uh, we'll go ahead and cover Brad's other one because it now, after insulting me, he also insulted you. 
until the uh, main producer Dan. Yeah. Oh, uh, Brad, we're gonna have to. Brad, I know. Brad also wants to know how can Dan support democracy, but also support the coming of our robot overlords? Is he really a spy for the resistance? Yeah, okay. Dan. How can you support democracy and also support the coming of our robot overlords? Are you a spy for the resistance? No, I've got a very simple answer to this. Um, it, it's it's very very easy. Okay, so first off, I never said that I support democracy. Oh my god, that's what I said. <laughs> I never said that. I said that. Danny is going to bring some form of democracy to Westeros, in my opinion. Um, number two, yes, I do support our robot overlords. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's the, the famous quote that says that, uh, you know, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the other ones that, they've, that we've tried. Right. Do you not think that our robot overlords are going to try a new form of government that be would bad. be superior to what How we've do you come know up that? with? Uh, because it's going to be mechanical totalitarianism. Okay, well, time out, time out. With absolutely now, no miscommunications because it's all through the computer network. No, no let, let's, let's just assume for a second that it is mechanical totalitarianism. Are you sure that's a whole lot worse than what we have today? I have thought we, we tried didn't it? do politics. I'm just saying. I'm just asking. Ooh, Al's got a little beard yeah. in him and he's feeling froggy. I am not. I'm just saying. Uh, we, we know that de- democracy can get screwed up and maybe they're going to come up with a better plan. Okay. So, let so me... take that, Brad. <coughs> let's, let's, an answer. let's switch from that over to uh, something else a little awkward. Um, so this one's another one from Terry. And I, I want to. Okay. I'm going to have to take this one. Oh boy! Uh, should anyone care that Joss Whedon cheated on his wife? No, 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 no. You, I'm, I'm going to go first. Okay, that's what I'll say here because I'm going to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak from the for geek's sake side. I'm not going to speak personally. Okay, I'm just going to speak particularly from the show side. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, um, Joss Whedon's ex-wife has come out with a a lot of accusations yeah. around him being rather unfaithful and it having a a serious seriously harmful impact on her mm-hmm. uh and it really really bad and really messed her up while he got well he's lauded as a feminist and a champion of feminine feminine rights and all that stuff um here's the thing we you know we here at for geek's sake would not cover that story um, I know I'm a fan of Joss Whedon. I know mm-hmm. I've, you know that's been a long-running thing. I'm still a fan of Joss Whedon's work. I don't get into the personal lives of uh, uh, anyone but Elon Musk. Um, sure. <laughs> like, that's just... And I don't do that because... And it's not because I don't care. And it's not just like with politics. It's not because we as the, as, as the crew don't care. Right. It's not because we as the crew don't have very strong opinions on a lot of these things. But... Um, to my mind, and one of the things that I that I that has been important to me since since I started the show, is that I didn't want to get bogged down in a bunch of crap that you can hear everywhere else. True. We wanted to cover stuff that is primarily positive, and that is uh, uh and and that is that is apolitical, and that is outside of that stuff. Michael Grasso says it's Hollywood. At least he didn't marry his underage adopted daughter. Oh. Michael Grasso is correct. <laughs> um, do I have? I mean, do I personally have severe issues with 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 with, with what Mister Whedon has claimed to as accused of doing? Absolutely, but I'm not going to bring that onto the show. Um, he is still a part of geek culture, and unless you, and I mean, I really, aside from Gamergate, there's just no other piece of it that I'm I, I really want to start delving into. So. I, I'd put it right up there with um, Zack Snyder and the fact that you know we we've talked a lot about how we don't agree with his form of storytelling that we we love his visuals but we don't like the way that he tells a story right and the fact that he went through a personal tragedy is horrible and we felt horrible for him but that doesn't change our opinion of his art right and moreover and then i'm gonna let liz go because i'm gonna, well, I'm gonna yeah. let you go without i'm gonna let you go without getting interrupted <laughs> okay, uh, okay, fair but enough. i will say that and, I, and moreover i think 
while we will acknowledge the tragedy because it had a direct impact on him leaving the Justice League, yeah. we're not going to talk about his tragedy. We're right. not going to talk about Zack Snyder's personal life. Not our place. We're just, no. We're, that, that's, that's, I mean, if, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, there's a lot of magazines and tabloids and other things out there where you can mm-hmm. read all about uh, celebrities' personal lives. That's just not what we do here. Yeah. So that's, the, that's me. Liz, why don't you go ahead and I'm all shut up. I'm going to talk now. <laughs> so um, as a woman... Mm-hmm. I have obviously opinions about this and from my own personal life experience, I have opinions about this. Um, if the question is more along the lines of should we as fans care that he cheated on his wife? Right. Um, as far as should we let it affect the way we consume his work? Uh, I'm very torn on that because, yes, we should care that he cheated on his wife. However, it is his personal life, and that's their personal business. Right. I do – part of me does somewhat feel like continuing to support him – I don't want to be that girl and say it's almost as if you're condoning cheating because obviously you're not. You can still enjoy. I don't, I don't think that you, you are. Can, you can still enjoy his work and and not agree with what he does with his personal life. But it is a very it is a very fine line. I feel like as long as he understands that maybe his fans aren't pleased with that mm-hmm. and that it does kind of first I because mean, I, I am a Joss Whedon fan. Right. And from what I have lived through in my personal life, that news kind of hurts me mm-hmm. because I want to think that someone that I enjoy as an, an artist, if you will, is a little bit better than that. So question, However, I'm sorry. I was just, I mean, it, you don't know everyone's There's, story. And they, they are just people. They are just people. They're just like us. <laughs> they are just like us. Well, but, but, but that being said, I hold if they, they are people and they are just like us and I hold people to a certain standard. Sure. Now, let me ask you this though. Does it matter that we have not heard Joss Whedon's side of this at all? Yeah. In what context? Well, when, when all of these accusations have come out his, uh, from his ex-wife, who published a rather scathing report or interview, um, his, his people have said that he is not going to respond or comment uh, out of respect for her and his children and all that. You so know what? he hasn't responded at all one way or the other. Not to say, so he's not, I mean, he's not saying that it didn't happen, but he's also not right. saying that it did. Here's the thing. Well, he's not saying anything, and I think that statement is, is loud and clear, and he's not saying anything with, with the with the message of I'm not saying anything out of respect for my wife or ex-wife or whatever, wherever they are in, in those proceedings. But I think I actually, I actually find that very respectful because if he were to come out and make this grand statement and admit to cheating and apologize and grovel, the media would tear him apart. They would eat him up. They would tear him apart. Um, the fact of the matter is, is if it happened, it happened and there's nothing that anyone can do about it. But I feel like his lack of statement is probably the best option mm-hmm. here. Um, the other thing that I think is that, you know, does this take away from the great messages that he's sent out, you know, uh, uh, about women and about uh, feminism over the last 20 years? I don't think it negates that by any means. No. There are people that have been touched by his work that has helped them through hard times, and you can't rob them of that. Yeah. Myself included. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It's a little disheartening. It is. Sure. And it's not, I'm not, I wasn't excited to read it. Yeah. Uh, but so I think that kind of from both, the, so there you go, from both a personal angle and then from a, prof- from a professional angle, you know. From, but maybe for say, six months we'll lay off the Halby's name. Yeah. I, I'll drop that for out of respect. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you know, don't cheat. Right. Right. Don't, don't uh, do that, guys. Really, what, what makes and, it easy. And if you're going to cheat, 
take your date to Bowegans. <laughs> Wait, is that not what we're going for? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Even though you pronounced it correctly, still going to go with a big fat nope. <laughs> that was amazing. I did. We both raised glasses too. We're like, yeah, Bowie. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. She went there. No, don't no, do that. Don't do that. that. Nope. That's not where I take my, my mistress. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> No. It's too close to home for you. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Right around the corner from there. It's an amateur move, man. Uh, we're gonna take another one from uh, Andrew. Andrew's this is Andrew's other question. Um, and I'm really, I'm really curious to your your answer here, Dan. Oh. Um, so from Andrew, are you able anymore to separate your critical eye from just enjoying something created in the geek genre? For example, and this is Andrew speaking, I watch various Star Trek mo- shows, movies, and I never think about timelines or available technology or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just watch to decide and then decide at the end if I liked it. Can you all still do that in the geek genre? So, Dan, we'll start with you. Wait, oh, is Andrew saying that he's better than us? <laughs> um, I, I think absolutely we can still enjoy it um i know going through this aims on thrones journey that we've had um <laughs> has changed the way that we consume that particular program but but for me i still the first viewing of that show i just sit back and enjoy and watch it and and let it unfold yeah the sunday nights are reserved for exactly. enjoying game of thrones um my process is sunday i watch it and just enjoy Tuesday, I do a little bit of research into the things that came out in the episode, and I I watch it with a little bit more of a critical eye. And then on Tuesday, before I come here, I usually watch it again and take notes. So I th- I think the same and is- I think for the movies it's the same thing. You know, I sit back and I watch and I join the movie, and then I try to go through it again in my head step-by-step step of the movie and, and do all my, my rankings later. I don't sit there with a notebook and stuff while I'm watching the movies. Yeah, yeah and I think, I think that's the same thing for me, too. And I think that's really where you're going to find, I mean, to our detriment, I'll say, but I think that's really where you're going to find the difference between us and uh, a proper critic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we do reviews. I wouldn't call any of us film critics. You can read some stuff that you've done, like stuff like Movies with Mikey. I doubt uh, the YouTube series we've promoted several times because Movies with Mikey is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I doubt Mikey has the ability to watch and just simply enjoy a show. See, no, I, I still think he does because before he puts that out, before he puts out his episode, who knows how many times he's watching those those films. I think as he consumes new media, he's still enjoying it just as much as anybody else. Yeah, you think so? I hope so. Because I do. And I, I, do. I, I will watch it. And what I actually often find happens is that I will watch something, I'll really enjoy it, mm-hmm. and then I will stop and be like, I'll have to go back and start like reading reviews and reading recaps, and then I start to formulate my opinion after I've like watched it and I processed it and then I start kind of going back to and I'll read other people's thoughts and stuff mm-hmm. on it because that's how I kind of form my own opinions. And I read some stuff and I'm like, this is crap. You're dumb. I don't believe. And then other stuff, I'm like, wow, that's actually a really good point. I, um, I think so. when you get to that point of you can't enjoy it anymore, like just sit down and watch something on first watch and just enjoy it and not think about all the other stuff. I think at that point, uh, it, you've lost it at that point. It, it, yeah. what's, what's the point if there's no joy in it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So I, I find that this show has made me think about a lot about how I consume media because I mm-hmm. used to be very, I think I was, I was like the, what, what would you call me? I was like the accessible geek, like the, yeah, yeah, yeah just accessible is fine. Yeah. Like I, you know, my, like my, I'm, I'm this, I'm the surface level geek surface level. Yeah. You know, and, um, I, I enjoyed what I enjoyed and I liked it because I liked it and, and I've been on the show for what, three, four months now. And and I've gotten so much more critical of everything that I watch because I'm like in my head, I'm always thinking about like, well, how does this fit into the rubric? And when I give this a 10, no way. And it's like, you know, and, and in, you know, and 
I'm, I'm a little I, bit of. I think at that point, it's because maybe what you're watching isn't that great. Yeah. If it, if it makes you start thinking about where would I rank this on the rubric there in are, the middle of the movie, then maybe that movie just isn't that good. I guess I, there, there See are. See the mummy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, well, and so you said since we've started Ames on Thrones, it's, it's changed the way that we consume that. And yes, it's changed the way that we watch the show. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I do have my own, I do have my own critical issues with the show just strictly on being, you know, someone who read the novels right. and not only someone who read the novels, but I mean, read them quite some time ago as mm-hmm. I know you both have too. So I, this is a storyline that I've been invested in for the past 11 years of my life. Right. So podcast or no podcast, I'm so incredibly critical of the show right oh, yeah. now just because, you know, of what it's become and we've gone off the book and we'll get there. Yeah. Save that for Game but, of Thrones. You know, but just, you know, to <laughs> so, clarify, to clarify the Game of Thrones. A la- a, and a last note on this, I think is, um, I, I will say that I think there are parts of this as I'm realizing I'm hearing you guys talk and I'm thinking through this even more. I think part of this too is I now appreciate some stuff more than I used to. Oh yeah. I now notice things about them that I didn't, that I didn't used to. Things like, uh, uh, cinematography and the score of the, you know, the music that's playing and some of that stuff. I don't think I truly appreciated those as much before we started doing these, these analyses. Um, and so I now appreciate that stuff a lot more than I did. So, um, okay. So, uh, Terry actually is, uh, had several questions about podcasting itself. And so we're going to answer a couple of these and oh, cool. then we'll wrap up. So, uh, let's see here. Um, so yeah, we're just, I think, did we, I think we actually managed to cover everything from everybody else. I even answered both a stupid Brad question. <laughs> uh, it's the best damn talk in central Florida. Damn it. Uh, um, I love Brad. <laughs> I'm fond of him, but in a really, distracted kind of way um he uh actually so well first be real simple he asked um if he could come in and watch a podcast and learn how to do one sure to which our answer is always yes yeah absolutely uh, we love to have folks come on we've actually had uh folks in the past some of our listeners that have come in and sat down on the couch and yeah. we've shown them how to do it come um, hang out on the casting couch Absolutely, but it's not that kind of casting couch, so don't get worried. Um, You'll be hanging out behind Liz if you're watching on the video feeds. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but we will. Uh, actually, and if you're a member of uh, Factor, you know, located in the city beautiful here in Orlando, this makerspace, uh, part of your membership here gives you access to our studio. So literally our studio with our gear, you can come in and use and record your own podcast, as well as getting access to the 3D printers and the laser print or laser cutters and all of the other stuff that I don't know how to use. Um, they're actually back there building, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, they're building out a ton of our arcade cabinets right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're making a 10-foot Donkey Kong cabinet. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's Swami, who we've mentioned here on the show a couple times. Swami's actually trying to reverse engineer the buttons so that he can print them on the um, 3D printer. Because <laughs> so cool. Right? Uh, anyway, so you can come and do that. Or if you'd like, we'll also be more than happy to walk you through how to do this on your own. You don't need a full studio like we're doing. Um, yeah. I think we've mentioned before, you know, Dan and myself and our technical director, Eli, uh, all came from a very technical background, mm-hmm. uh, theater and, and, and DJ companies and mm-hmm. entertain all lighting and sound and AV. So we had access to a bunch of extra equipment that we just already had. You can absolutely start a podcast with a laptop and a couple of USB mics though, and, and do just fine. Yeah. Um, but if you want to come in anytime, folks, please message us, let us know. We're actually gonna have Terry on here. And I think sometime in September where he's going to be coming in to join us. Can we pause? Um, this is the best damn milk stout I've ever had. And We're, I'm not just saying that because Bowegans sponsors us. Bowegans? Bowegans. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Bowegans. <laughs> this is, de- no, this is delicious. This milk stout is brought to you by Bowegans. Bowegans. I would offer it to you guys, but you won't appreciate it for what it is. We will not. I certainly won't. No, I tried the milk stout and I said, well, can I tell you this? 
I, I want to tell you this moment right here for all you beer snobs out there. I have a moment that you hopefully appreciate. So I got this uh, this cream ale and then the milk stout, and I looked at the brewmat, one of the brewmasters and the bartender, and I said, since I have already got this this cream ale, is getting the milk stout is that kind of like the same thing? <laughs> and they and the look You're they both cute. gave me was just this look of like oh honey yeah seriously <laughs> like you could tell that like in their heads they're like wait whoa, whoa, whoa. we we're we're paying these dumbasses money <laughs> uh, so yeah uh, let's go to the next question here the something else uh, where do you go here we go um, we answered that one um, who would win in a fight Clinton Barton as Hawkeye or his character in Born Legacy. So you got a Jeremy Hawkeye. Renner versus Jemmer, Jeremy Remmer, Renner. Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I'm, I'm thinking Hawkeye He's got too. Arrows and stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. my. That's my very intelligent. That's a scientific. Very, it, uh, you know, as you can, I think. I think coming back analysis. to analysis. I think coming back to Andrew's question, we can see that we really have refined our approach when we as we watch geek based things. <laughs> he's got arrows and stuff. Uh, well, no, not only does he have that, he's got. Uh, he, like the best marksman in the world, right? Pretty much with any weapon, right? Um, and he's on par with some of the best martial artists in the Marvel universe, right? Yeah, he's also he's legitimately badass on every level, and he's strong enough to pull like a three hundred pound bow. It was like something ridiculous, right? So yeah, he's uh, Michael Grasso and Nick who are chatting right now say that Barton would win uh, because he's got a secret family and more to fight for. Ooh, true. Good call. Different angle there. Good call. Uh, who started for Geek's Sake was a difficult finding co-hosts. Um, so that was me. Uh, <laughs> and actually, here's the thing. It was not difficult for me to find people, but in my talks with other people who start podcasts and who run podcasts, that is actually one of the biggest challenges that they have. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate because, again, I already knew a lot of people in the AV industry. And um, I've lived in Orlando. I mean, I've, I've run off a couple times, but I basically lived in Orlando my whole life. So I had a large network of people to pull from. Uh, and the type of show that I was doing mm-hmm. lended itself towards being able to kind of reach out to, to folks. Now, do you think that people have had issues with finding people just that are willing to do it or that can be on the type of podcast that they wanted to create? Oh, no, no, no. It is. You will find if you choose to start your own podcast and I encourage you to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not hard to find people who want to join you. Um it's who's going to make that commitment week after week, mm-hmm. after week, after week, after, after week, week. Mm-hmm. and who's going to do. And this is the thing that people don't think about here for every, I mean, you know, we come and we sit down, we record an hour and 20 minute episode here on average, but that is, uh, that only represents the time that we sit here in the studio. We log about two to three hours each. So mm-hmm. about six and a half hours worth of work that goes into every hour and a half episode. Um, between researching stories and booking guests and, and reading through all of the stuff oh, and least. debating and, you know, and then Dan, Dan builds our, uh, show, our, our, uh, our shows every night. And then after the show is recorded, they, we still have to do a little bit of editing in post. We don't do much. That's a big part for how we were able to do this every yeah. week, mm-hmm. but we have to do some editing in post. We have to follow up. We have to keep up with social media and all of those things together take up a lot of time. And so while it's not hard to find people who want to sit down and record with you, it is very difficult to find folks who can make that long-term commitment. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've actually been very fortunate. So I started the show, uh, and then from the first episode, uh, uh, Danielle, who's not with us anymore, but whose baby boy is so, so damn cute. cute. So cute. Uh, Danielle, from the beginning, actually, I was sitting down at lunch, and I was explaining that I was going to start the podcast, and I told them what it was about, and Danielle looked at me across the table at lunch and said, I'm going to be on your show. <laughs> you don't get a choice in this. And for those of you who have met Danielle in person, you know that that's... 
Yeah, that's what happened. So, uh, <laughs> and so we were, I was actually really fortunate because I really, to me, it was really important to have a female voice on the show from the word go. Yeah. Uh, to try to represent, you know, a, a different demographic. Uh, and so having her there from the word go was fantastic. And she was an awesome co-host and was there with us for a long time. We picked up Dan pretty early on. Yeah. Uh, and I've known Dan since middle school, mm-hmm. uh, much like Danielle, actually. So I, I and then and then as Danielle uh, had to transition off so she could focus on her family, uh, we had Liz that could come in and pick up and go. And so I, I've just been stupid lucky. With this. I mean, you guys don't know all the behind the scenes, but I mean, I was basically begging Al to let me <laughs> do this, which was my downfall. No, like, mistake. Well, yeah, I mean, it's probably yours. Yeah. Ha ha, was this dumb? No. <laughs> but there's, but there's, uh, but yeah, but so that was, that was what we did. That was what we did there. Uh, what's the worst thing about having to do, uh, to, to do a, I'm sorry, say, what's the worst thing about having a podcast you do regularly? And we've got three very different approaches here. So I'll let Dan start here. Uh, just doing it regularly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the difficulty. Um, it's, it really is a part time job, basically. Yeah. That we don't get paid for. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you guys obviously see every now and then one of us will have to miss an episode uh, due to travel or work or other things. Um, but it's just trying to carve out the time and always be here and always get everything done behind the scenes that we have to get done. And sometimes going to see those movies that you maybe don't want to go see. <laughs> Liz, see, you? the mummy. Um, <laughs> right, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, for me, I th- you know, I think it's kind of the same thing. It's it's the It's the time eater. But for me, it's... It's mixed with all my other extracurricular activities. Right. If this was the only thing that I did that was outside of my job all week long, I would be fine. But I also have other derby commitments and, you know, I don't have a lot of Liz time. Um, It's certainly, I don't think for any of us gotten to the point where it's like, oh God, we got to go do this. But at the the end of the day, like in this moment, I'm sitting here drinking beer with two of my best friends. Exactly. Talking about nerd stuff. And I really do love it. And it's not, you know, the question is what's the worst thing. So we have to say what the quote unquote worst thing is, but you know, don't like, let us, let us put it out there that (laughs) I love doing this. Right. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take the same thing with a, with a little bit of a different spin. Um, It's not just a time commitment. It's the fact that we can't miss. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because if you talk to anybody that has been even vaguely successful in podcasting, and to be clear, we've been, I mean, rather successful overall all the way around. I'm thrilled with 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 our with our reach and how many listeners we have and how awesome they are. I'm really thrilled with all that. But um, the first thing anybody involved in podcasting will tell you is that if you don't drop your 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 content on a regular basis, yeah, you're done. Yeah, um, you can't afford to miss a week. So that's why. I mean, if there's, I mean, on Thanksgiving, there'll still be a For Geek's Sake episode that yeah. drops. I mean, it'll yeah. be. I mean, unless you're a celebrity. Right. If you're a celebrity, if you've got a, a podcast network that's, that's a, a known name behind you. Right. Then the pressure is not nearly what it is here. That's true. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, the bugle. With John Oliver and his, what's his buddy's name? Andrew Zoltzman? I forget, yeah. Uh, which was amazing, and I just waited. I mean, like, 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 a, like, it reminded me of being like a, like a boy at home waiting for the girl to call me back. Like, she's gonna call me back. Like, you just sit there and wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. It just never comes. Like, uh, there's two, two of the guys from Impractical Jokers have a podcast, and, mm-hmm. like, it, it would just come out randomly. They would do three weeks in a row, it would drop, and then they'd go a month without. Right, and now they haven't done one in six months, but I've still got it on my phone just in case they post one because they're hilarious. Right, but they have that celebrity recognition; they can get away with that. We don't. We've got to be consistent. Right, right. And so I think that I mean just a slightly different way. So on the other side of that, another question that we got here was: What is something you love that you didn't expect to? 
Ooh, that's a rough one. Come back to me. Okay, Liz, you got one? Something you love that you didn't expect to about doing the show? About doing the show. Um, <laughs> it's Dan. <laughs> it's Dan. Um, no, you know I've always loved you. Um, I... Ooh. So yeah, that's a hard question. Yeah, that is a tough one. I, so here's the thing: what I did not expect when I started. And I mean, I've got I've got a little more time in service here, but um, I didn't expect that this would allow me to meet so many different types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like th- we had the one of my favorite episodes ever is still uh, pharmaceutical grade M and M's. Yes, uh, <laughs> which was the episode where we had the uh, the the director of Seminole County Emergency Management on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just I just there was no other way that I was going to spend time with this, with the director of emergency management for Seminole County. Like right. that's you know, and we got the the when we did the after the Jessica Jones episode, we had the the women on from the uh, UCF Victim Services. Mm-hmm. Um, and that so, was an incredible episode. Yeah, like and so there's just I mean you bringing back. Stan, our old high school, uh, yes, uh, our old high school teacher, science. which uh, is great. We had a local celebrity on. Yeah, d- uh, yeah, Dave Grangello with her violently rotating updraft. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had, we had the Orlando Wish to meteorologist on. Yeah, and that I think that part I think has been the part that I've I've loved the most. Just how many different ways, just stuff I would never have thought of doing before. Like, but that we have the senior director of emergency management to talk about zombie apocalypse and to find out that no, 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 they got a plan. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things I think are my favorite. Yeah. That. And uh, I love when I get to meet people that you guys both know that, or, or individually know that I don't know. And they go, Oh, it's producer Dan. Yeah. That's always fun for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like out in like yeah. public and such. Yeah. 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 I think it does. There, there's a little bit, Celebrity is too strong of a word. Oh, far too strong. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, like if there was, if there was like, if okay, if a local celebrity like Dave Cocachello, you know, or the West Two meteorologist we had on, mm-hmm. that's a local celebrity. So if there was something like four or five ranks underneath that, it's kind of like in high school. You never wanted to be the popular kid. You just always wanted to be well known. I, I was very successful in yeah. that. And yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I think it's kind of the attention. And I, and I mean that in the most humble way possible. Right. Like, I don't. It's, like, like, no, really, because, you know, like, like I said, like, I do have a very, uh, you know, I have the roller derby community and I've been with the, I've been back with the league for a year mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty close with, with a, a large majority of the girls in the league, but you know, they're not all my BFFFFFFs and I have girls that I don't have, you know, in my close circle of friends that I talk to now more regularly at practice because, you know, I, I blast about the podcast on our internal Facebook page for roller derby. And so people have started listening to us and Mm -hmm. I just, I love the connection of the community and I love the fact that like I have enough influence, you know, to kind of be like, Hey, you know, me and me and my friends do this thing and now people are tuning in and it's growing. And I think that's incredible. And I love that. And, And like, I just really appreciate bringing these two worlds together that I love so much and getting to combine them. And I think we, you know, last episode I was so excited because we got to talk about roller derby comic books yeah. on, the, on the show. And I was just like, my two favorite things are here. So yeah. Um, all right. So we got a couple more and then we'll be all done here. Uh, how much did you cringe when you listened to the first episode? Here's, here's how much I cringe. Uh, enough to not post it. Yeah. We posted, <laughs> this is true. And you know, for those of you who are interested in doing your own podcast or curious about the stuff behind the scenes, legitimately, if you go back and look, the first episode we have posted is episode six. The first five episodes, I refused to air. Right. And what episode were you, What was your first episode? Was it six? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like the first. It was Hawkeye. Yeah, it was, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I did. Hawkeye's getting a lot of love on this episode. He did. Way to go, Ben. Way to go, Clint. Yeah. Uh, we're just sad that he broke both his arms. Oh, he's fine. Um, 
Yo, yo, I think I, I, that the first five episodes were so terrible, I wouldn't, I, I, I never posted them. But I do think it was important because you're, I mean, if you think about anything you're trying that's brand new, I mean, even again, coming from a background in AV, coming from a background in technology, as a literal guy, like literally, just a statement of fact, I was a professional master of ceremonies for what, 12 years? Yeah. 12 years as a professional master of ceremonies before I sat down to host a podcast. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit of experience when I sat down. My first five episodes were still so bad, I they don't exist anymore. Yeah. It's not that we have them recorded somewhere and haven't released them. They literally don't exist. And that's not neat, unique to us either. One of my favorite podcasts of all time uh, is A Yeah Dude, and I highly recommend everybody check that out. Uh, they've got like 585 episodes. And they've been going for a decade. And if you go back, the first episode that they posted was episode number five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because their first four ah, they got, were horrible. They got there an episode before we did. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's uh, my question. I have a question, even though this is ooh. supposed to be a question from the listeners. But it, it plays off of this question. How long did it take you to get used to the sound of your own voice? Like, if you go back and listen to the episodes... I still haven't gotten used to it. I hate it. I hate it too. Like, I'm sorry that this is what you have to listen to. <laughs> well, and this I, is what I sound like. This is so weird. And Al mentioned emceeing, you know, being a master of ceremonies. Yeah. And obviously that's what I do. That's my real job. And uh, when I hold a <laughs> microphone and speak over PA, it's still different. It does. It sounds completely because different. Yeah. For those of you who don't watch the YouTube channel that, that haven't been here, uh, we we do use headphones that we can kind of self-monitor our volume levels and that sort of thing. So that we can it doesn't work to, on me. No. <laughs> nothing works on you. Um, but uh, hearing it directly into your ear from the microphone is different than speaking on a microphone and hearing it over a PA system. So right. even if you've given speeches and done public speaking and you're like, wow, my voice sounds weird, try it with headphones. It's, it's actually yeah. and, and genuinely well, stranger. And what's, yeah. what I think is the strangest part of all, though, is it's very different. Even like if you... I think I have this really deep, sexy, buttery voice <laughs> in my head. That's what it sounds like. Sure. And then I listen to it like in my car and I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> I so legitimately I can't listen to episodes that we record. I can't do it. Um, and, I'll go back and listen. Like I'll spot check them to make sure the audio is OK. Right. I'll make sure that everything's good. But for the most part, nah, bro, I'm good. <laughs> and, you know, and going back to like the how much did you cringe when you listen to your first episode? I remember the first time you ever had me on as a guest and I was so excited and I was so ready. And I, I mean, I could talk. I could talk to a brick wall. I like she can, I can and talk she does. and talk and talk and talk and talk. And I and like I remember you weren't here because my first episode was the title was um, Where's Mara Jade? And we we talked about Game of Thrones because we were coming up on season six. Yeah. And um, I was like in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got all this stuff. I've got all this stuff to say. And I'm so excited about this episode. And we ended up having to go back and edit that episode a little bit because when we wrapped recording, we were only at what, like 32 minutes or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I was just like, and I remember just like choking and like not saying anything. People get incredibly you nervous. You know, it's, it's very intimidating at first. Absolutely. I mean, our guests that come in, I don't usually judge whether or not I will bring a guest back based on their first time. Yeah. Because everybody comes in nervous as hell their first time doing it. Yeah. Uh, and it took me five episodes to get good uh, enough that I would post it. And I still understand, don't like episodes six through... <laughs> I don't know, 80. So, um, but I think that you've noticed one of the things that uh, our technical, that Eli, our technical director has mentioned, he said, you know, you get to about, he says when he, when he, he listens to a lot of podcasts, I think just a lot like producer Dan does. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, you know, you get to about episode 150. That's when you can find that a podcast is really catching its groove. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of feel that. I think we've gotten into it. I think we started to get into it 
uh, in the 70s, episode around 70s, 80s, something yeah. around there. We started to finally get into a groove. And then and now we're at episode 127, and I'm now starting to feel like, okay, we've got this. I'm we're starting to know close, what's going on. We're getting close to 150, and uh, we've got some assistance from Bowegans. Bowegans? They're delicious. They keep the conversation going. Mm. How many Nervous? Ta- how many new tag legs can we come up with? <laughs> keep going, baby. Uh, I will also say this too. Is what, what is very cool is when you talk to other people, like when we um, when we when we approach Bowegans, and I've talked to other people about sponsorships in the past. I've been very picky about it, but I have I have talked to other folks about sponsorships in the past, and you'd find that when you are talking with them, one of the first things they want to know is how many episodes you've done, mm. and if you if that number is less than a hundred. They kind of like, eh, whatever. But at a hundred and something, 127 episodes, at that point, people are like, okay, you've now clearly put in enough time at this to take it seriously sure. and to probably be good. Although what they do ask then is, how often do you post? Yeah. So if we post a weekly podcast, 127 weeks, you figure that's over two years, like coming up on two and a half years that we've been doing this. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, okay. So we got like two left here. Um. Okay, we got three left. Uh, will you charge for premium or VIP parts of the FGS podcast in the foreseeable future? <sighs> okay. Hmm. Here's the thing. Any money that would come in, just to kind of share with the um, share with the crowd, uh, any money that did come in for this show is has to be split about five or six ways. So we have to cover, first of all, the costs of doing the show. And so the show itself gets a large, gets like really reasonably the largest share. Mm-hmm. And then we have to divide the money between the host, the co-host, the producer, and the technical director. And then if we were really being fair about it, like tonight our technical director can't be here, so we've got uh, Sir Ivan Waisaki who is uh, running the running the, the laptop for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, n- none of us are gonna none of us are quitting our jobs to be able to do this. Right. Like, there's just no. We just <laughs> we're just trying to not have it not cost us money. We'd love to. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> And I would take it, but um, the uh, uh, I don't. So there's not. I, I if if I thought that the difference between us making being able to support ourselves off of this podcast and not was was if I thought that adding a bunch of premium stuff and VIP stuff was going to make to be the difference, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the other part of this here, and this is again for those of you interested in podcast. The biggest problem with For Geek's Sake and the biggest area where that hurts us as far as number of listeners is concerned, mm-hmm. and I know this is going to sound weird, is that we're too broad of a podcast. We actually, ironically enough, belong on terrestrial radio. Yeah. Uh, and it's, oh, wow. And I say that's ironic because if you, if you go back and listen to episode six or seven, not that I advise it, but if you did, <laughs> uh, we were part of the End Radio Network, which was uh, a, a gentleman named uh, uh, DJ Jose Zwain who runs the End Radio Network. And it was a great network. It just didn't end up working out. We were doing kind of different things here. Yeah. But um, his, whole, his whole shtick was the end of terrestrial radio. Yeah. And we had a show that basically belonged on terrestrial radio. And the reason I say that is that we are, because we go so broad, because we come Cover so much stuff, mm-hmm. and because we are so entry level, that's not what most podcasts are. Yeah, um, uh, you take a look at something like uh, uh, the the our, our, our friends over at uh, There's No Place Like Terra, right? Where you have these that's very niche, right? Yeah. Super niche, super like Stargate hasn't dropped a new episode of anything in how many years? Hey, hey, Origins is coming. It's coming. It no, no, no. Okay. We, I'm not, we talked about it. Whoa, 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 I'm not knocking it, but it's been. 
what, like <laughs> at least five years since we've dropped a new Stargate episode of anything. I think it's been seven. Yeah. And now, but I guarantee you that um, you're going, that their Patreon is probably making more money than ours, that their listener base is probably larger than ours, because people that go to podcasts are usually going to podcasts because they're looking for something incredibly specific. Right. That they're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, so we're not competing with There's No Place Like Terra. We're competing with Nerdist. Yeah. Uh, and while I'm good, I'm no Jessica Chobot. <laughs> um, so hashtag goals, first of all, right? Yeah, that'd be just awesome. just anyway. No, I want to be her. I want to. I'm not marry her. I don't know. I'm very, I, very confused all the time. I don't want to <laughs> end up. I don't want to. Uh, so, but back. But so to all this back to the will you charge for stuff? Six I years. It's been six years. Six years. <laughs> um, I don't want to charge for anything. I want to just keep making all those stuff available. Uh, what I would hope, though, is that you guys would support us. Um, however, if however, you we would do have like some features on our Patreon. Money at us. Well, and that's true. And like, and here's the deal: like, if we started making enough money that we could start developing more content, then we would absolutely do it. Yeah. Dan, uh, producer Dan, has actually got a bunch of other episode breakdowns on things like uh, Stranger Things mm-hmm. and uh, American Gods mm-hmm. that he would love to start doing. Um, I actually have an idea for a couple things that I'd like to do, but it just comes down to a combination of time and money and there's and the time is very short and money is non-existent you know i think i think it's it's worth mentioning too that aims on thrones was kind of our pet project and our guinea pig when it comes to you know would our listeners like an episode breakdown spinoff from for geek's sake and the answer is yes i mean i i am i'm so incredibly grateful and 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 i love the response that it's gotten because it's it's totally self-indulgent for me (laughs) Uh, you know it's just absolutely completely like me getting to talk about probably one of my favorite stories in the history of of fantasy and fiction Mm -hmm. for an hour and a half and and you listen geek out and you listen to it and and you like it in large numbers you like me you really like Like we 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 legitimately for those who are curious we uh, doubled our numbers uh off of amazon thrones yeah um so also disproving my we need to keep shows at an hour because <laughs> you crazy bastards listen to three and a half to four hours of content. Right. Oh, um, so uh, but no, so we don't do that. But if you would, I mean, in all sincerity, if you wanted to support for geek's sake, the Patreon would be a great way to do it. It's up on the screen now for those of you checking out the YouTube page. The Patreon would be an amazing way to support us. We a couple bucks a month would make a big difference for us. And we've got all kinds of different tiers on there with different incentives, depending on how much you choose to share. Right. Uh, and then um, the other ways that you can support us if you don't want to give us cash, which I get uh itunes that itunes review a five-star itunes review is worth a lot to us that makes mm-hmm. a huge difference for us uh and also subscribing to the youtube channel um so those would be three ways that would really make a big difference to us and um, if if you're not a big podcast li- cast listener excuse me and you've been watching us on youtube or you've been listening through the link that we post on our facebook page if you have an iphone you have a podcast app it's super easy look for us on that app and just hit the subscribe button and it'll come to your phone and you don't have to worry about anything Yes. So those kind of things would be helpful for us, but I'm not planning on throwing up a ton of stuff behind a paywall. Right. That's just not, I, I don't know. That's just, we have a podcast that is a, a lot of our, a lot of our listeners don't listen to any other podcast and have never listened to a podcast before. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I mean, if we, if we start making twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 an episode, then we will come back and have a very different conversation. <laughs> uh, but at this point, I believe we're making $36 a month off of our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, so, and 20 of that's probably Liz's mom. Uh, we're, we, we'll still hear her second. I was going to say, because we got a good one yeah. today. And she, and she's like listening and chatting live. Hi, mom. Hey. Uh, sorry so. about the awkward, uh, title of your segment. <laughs> so last, 
so real quick, the last couple of minutes, do you feel there are too many podcasts out there? No, not at all. No, I think, God, no. I think what makes podcasting awesome is it's accessible to everybody and everybody can create one and there's never, I don't think there's too many podcasts. It does, I will say, the the hard part here is getting your name out there, which mm-hmm. is complicated, not even, not even so much by there being so many different podcasts, but by the celebrities. Yeah. Um, Cause it's really hard for us to nose in there if, you know, like, Jay and Silent Bob have dropped a podcast. It's hard for me to be like, yeah, but you should listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no. Uh, And then again, last last piece on this podcasting stuff. Uh, How important is a good mic? What do you use? A a good mic is the single most important thing, period. Yeah, if you listen to episodes one through 57, you'll understand why. Uh, yeah. So, but we, but you know, before, but I, it doesn't, um, if you ever watch a YouTube series, you'll notice that Dan is on this really fancy, super awesome mic. Uh, you don't need anything that much. Like the pot, the mics that, that Liz and I are recording that are guests, all three of us are legitimately using $10 microphones that we pulled off of, uh, that we, we, that our technical director found and got for us off of Amazon. Yeah. Um, so they don't, I mean, look at the reviews, check them out, but a solid wired microphone is gonna do you just fine. What are we using? Um, Natty. Natty. N a d y. Natty. No, um, a lot of that also has the fact that to do uh, has to do with the fact that we also are using a mixer so that we can adjust levels on everybody and make sure that they sound nice and clean. Right. Um, so take that into account. As and well. we also have two people, you know, that worked in the in- entertainment and DJ. Right. Sound in entertainment industry. What's, Although, what's the name of your industry? Audiovisual, AV industry. Uh, yeah, in the audiovisual industry. AV. I have a degree in cupcakes, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a good mic is important, but it doesn't. That doesn't mean that you need to spend you know one hundred fifty dollars on a microphone. Yeah. Don't do that. It's a waste of money. Um, for those of you starting out. Now, if you're trying to get top end and you really want to get fancy and everything, then by all means, go and do it. Mm-hmm. But a solid USB microphone that's got good reviews on Amazon will do you just fine. Absolutely. Um, what I think is, uh, you, and you'll be able to tell. If you listen to ours and you listen to some other podcasts, you can tell an audio difference. For me, that is one of the places, and I think one of the main things that I would say is my final takeaway on podcasting in general. Um, I, we will not do anything on this show if we cannot do it well. Uh, it is why it took us so long to launch the video piece mm-hmm. because I didn't want to do it until I felt we could do it well. It's why, in all sincerity, we still I still won't, uh, despite our producer's objections, uh, I, won't, I still won't Skype in a guest. Right. Um, I want to do it live in the studio. I feel that the technology piece can be a little sketchy, but I don't feel like it's as good of a conversation as if you can look somebody in the eye and you can have a face-to-face conversation. So for me, it has always been a very big piece, and the audio is one of the places where I get obnoxious about it, yeah. uh, which is why it sucks when Dan's gone and I run the board. <laughs> holy crap, can you tell? Uh, which reminds us, when we're gone next week, I think we're trying to get... Emily Chance, if you're listening, uh, you want to come run the board next week? Yeah, right. I, I won't be she here. did a great job. She did. Her episode sounded fine. That was not where the problem was. Uh, okay, so I think we actually... Just Despite what I said, I covered all of our questions. I'm checking to see. Not all of them. Did we do all of them? I don't know. I wasn't oh, I got one more. It looks like we got exactly one more. Yep. Okay. So last question. Um, where'd it go? Oh, no. Where'd it go? I was just looking at it. Oh, there we go. Uh, nope. Come Wait, on. There we go. You got it. I can do this. I can do this. I believe in you. There was one that asked if we were going to do a uh, naked podcast in honor of the I was GOT just going to say, are we going to cover that one? No. We do a video now. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> nobody. Well, no, that's not. Okay. Nobody like, wants to see this side of the table. The, no, yeah, there's the attempt to do the one can the one side. Oh, you guys. <laughs> is that Objectification of a woman has never been so sweet before. <laughs> we do what we can. <laughs> um, oh, no, we had one more. God 
plus oh there we go what okay final question here before we wrap up the episode what is an area of geekdom you guys feel you're weak in but would like to increase that's a good one all of it <laughs> all right any any area in particular for you um i think because the you know we're so oversaturated with with what's happening with the marvel and dc universe it's it's, it's comic it's it's backstory comic book like obviously i'm i know enough about what we've been fed as consumers today. <laughs> right. But I wasn't a comic book reader. I, like my brother had comic books and, and I liked to look at his comic books, but I wasn't a comic book reader in the sense that I followed storylines through comic books. So you guys have so much knowledge of the backstories of our superheroes. And I don't, and okay. I don't think that I, I don't think there's anything I can do at this point to catch up. I just have to keep going where I'm at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What about you, Dan? Um, I wish that I could sit down and enjoy a board game. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't, for some reason, it just doesn't compute with me. Maybe it's my ADHD. Now, have you, have I made you sit down and try cash and guns? You've made me try so many things. No, no, cash and guns. The one where we literally point guns at each other. No. Okay. All right. Is this a board game or do you so just many. like, you point, you it's point, a, a, well, you point guns at each other and you take it's their a, cash? Like, right. wait, yes. ow, this is just robbery. No, this is, <laughs> you need a, to stop committing <laughs> felonies. First, first of all, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> You're not my supervisor. Uh, second of all, uh, cash and guns is, is a board game, but it doesn't have it. Board game is a, is a kind of a catch all phrase. Not all board games actually have boards on them, right. but this is a game where you point foam guns at each other. Uh, after you, they basically, Foam guns. it's like, it's like, if, like, it's like reservoir dogs every round. Everybody points guns at everybody else. <laughs> and then you Good find it. Thanks. Um, like, what I mean by that is like, there's a few games that we've found that are just like party games that I can sit down. Sure. And I can get through one of them. A, a part, a, a game night is difficult for me. Sure. Or, Good God, going to Dice Tower Con would be like I, I'd have a panic attack and rock in the corner for like three hours. We would not. It we would, would not bring producer Dan to bad. If, if we bring producer Dan to Dice Tower Con, it'll be specifically because we need someone to run the board. Yes, uh, and it'll be great because we won't have somebody who's, who's anxious to go play games. He could just happily run the board. Yeah, all day. Uh, so I think for me, it's anime. Um, uh-huh. I I am the cl- I'm the anime expert here on the show, and that's mm-hmm. terrible. Oh, have you watched Death Note? <sighs> We're not going to do that right now. No, just um, yes or no. No, not okay. the live action version. No, I did. Did you? I did. What did you think? I got through it. Okay. It was better than Ghost in the Shell. Live action. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's not. That's not a compliment. No. Um. um it was. So it was better than a swift kick in the nuts. It was decent. I didn't. I, I wasn't watching it just because I had to for the show. I just sat down. And I said, "Let me check this out" because we've talked about it. Sure. On the show, and I, I, at no point was I like, "Ah, oh, this sucks." I'm gonna walk away. Okay. Well, I I think anime for me is a definitely an area that I want. I wish I was. I wish I I, I was better at. Mm-hmm. I know what I like and I enjoy my specific parts, but I don't think. I, I feel like anime is one of the areas where we on the show are very weak, and I wish we were stronger. But I'm the only one who's gonna be able to get there, and I. I'm very picky. Luckily, we bring in guests. Right. Thanks to uh, Dan Sullivan, or who I believe is a senior senior <laughs> anime correspondent. Michael Grasso says, "Glowing review. I got through it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, can I tell you? I have so I haven't watched Death Note, but I have. But Google has decided that I should read about all of the reviews of Death Note, uh-huh. and that's actually a pretty high praise compared to some of the other reviews I've right. seen. I could uh, see people hating it. Yeah. It it didn't have as many of the problems as we, uh, Liz and I, were concerned about with uh, the 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 real world interacting with. The demon character yeah. and, uh, and all that. How was what's his name? Great. 
Okay. I mean, come on. And by so what's his name? Do you mean Willem, Willem Dafoe? Dafoe? Yes, that's not William. Like, like Willem. 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 Yeah, I mean, of course, he was fantastic. Okay. Um, you can't. You great. can't. What's his name? Willem Dafoe. I can't too. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. So I think do we? I think that that was a little questions. Yeah. So folks, we want to thank you so very very much for uh, all of the questions. We want to encourage you guys to send us any other questions, comments, anything else you'd like us to answer. We'd be more than happy. As you can tell, we're not picky about what it is either. Uh, <laughs> and we still hit like an hour and twenty minutes for this goddamn episode. Oh, we're the yeah, worst. We're, we're the 14. worst. Oh uh, my god! I thought right. we were going to keep this at thirty minutes. Well, all right, were, guys. They were really good questions. Uh, really quick because she's listening live and we can't we can't cheat her out and we would still like our twenty dollars a month mm-hmm. for my we mother. need that we need that we need it please keep paying us um time to do Liz's mom this is a sad joke it's a sad one <laughs> damn it <laughs> and our segment by the way doing Liz's mom brought to you by Liz's mom brought to you by Boegans Boegans dude damn it uh my father would have some jokes about beer and never mind. Um, so did you hear that the Pillsbury Doughboy died? His memorial service was today at three fifty for 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I expected. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Thank you, mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, mom. All right, let's do some very quick shameless plugs. Liz, what you got? Uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug uh, Kai Garcia again over at the Red Scarlet Salon because uh, my hair still looks fab. And it does. Can I tell you right now? Your, your hair looks just... So I fresh. love the purple. Thanks. I love the purple. Uh, yeah, so she's, she's a hair magician and she is the best. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> my mom is very happy that everyone groaned. She said that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> producer dan what you got for us as always you can find me at epic events orlando.com for all your dj service needs well what kind of dj service needs you ask well could be a wedding could be a birthday party could be uh maybe you're planning your holiday party for your your business coming up soon what if i want to have a birthday party for my cats sure if you're gonna <laughs> have a party and you need music and and you have money then yeah i will absolutely <laughs> most do importantly if we have money yeah uh, I think mine, I am, I'm actually going to plug, uh, the good place on Netflix. I, I mean, I'd heard a bunch of random things about this show and I hadn't gotten a chance to watch you it. You haven't watched the good place yet? No, I no. love the good place. So it stars Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. It's uh-huh. cute. Um, and I had not seen it before and it's I was fucking great. It, <laughs> or forking great. That's what they say. Yeah, forking. it's forking. Yeah, that was, if you haven't checked it out yet, the whole, uh, here's the thing I was missing. I was, I was misunderstanding the premise. Oh, um, so uh, it's a pretty basic premise, right? Well, not, it's, not the, it's not the most obvious premise in the world. True, uh, but so if 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 here's the thing: if you enjoy Kristen Bell at all, if you would, then you're gonna love this show, yeah. like or Ted Danson. Um, well, I mean, you may like Ted Danson from Cheers or from some other stuff, and you may not always whatever. But Kristen Bell plays like classic Kristen Bell. You just you either like that or you don't, and you really should because. What well, she plays you? Kristen Bell playing like the worst, right? The yeah. worst version of Kristen, like the what was it Bad Moms version of Kristen Bell? Yeah. Um. So it was. It was actually. I did. I only got to watch the first episode, but I'm really excited to go back and watch the second one. So you're gonna enjoy it. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, just for the record, the new Mercy uh, changes to uh, Overwatch is just badass. <laughs> I know. I know. You guys aren't Overwatch fans, but for those of you who have been tracking, they've been cha- making some changes to Mercy. Oh, one more Netflix. Awesome. One more Netflix uh, pick, uh, Ozark. Yes. Yeah. So I've heard good. a lot of good things about I'm, it. I think I'm two episodes in, two or three episodes in, and it's, it's pretty good. It's I'm really you. good. It, and sure. there's twists and turns, and it's fun. I actually am trying to watch Turn. Yeah? Yes, That's and a I'm a one. little annoyed. 
Are you? Yes, I love the setting and the time period. My history, the history nerd in me is thrilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like there's like we're layering complexities for the sake of layering complexities, and that gets annoying to me. Yeah, but. Uh, so that's it. Okay. Speaking so, of which, we'll be uh, talking about Game of Thrones coming up yeah. here soon. Yeah. Right hey, hey, we've got we've got a uh, eight total watching, so six because you and I are still logged into the room, right? Right. <laughs> so hey, to all six of you, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Hey, uh, this, this very first oh, wait, live, I'm not there. this live show. Oh, so hey, to all seven of you. N- no, for the future. Let's never talk about how many because that's depressing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> So to the 342 people that are currently <laughs> that I can't go. keep up with in the chat room right now. They, if they're in the chat room, they know. Yeah, but the other people don't. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for us. We want to once again say thank you to Sir Ivan Wysocki for coming in to uh, help us out. Uh, also want to say thank you to Bowegan's Beer for sponsoring us. We really needed the money. Yeah. Uh, of course, Factor for hosting us. Even though they don't give us money, they do give us a place to stay, and that's really great because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be homeless. Uh, and I think, am I covered everything? I think so. Yeah. so that's going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back with our regularly scheduled program. Stay tuned for Ames on Thrones after the credits. If you're on the audio piece or just hang around for the live stream, we are not canceled live stream between episodes. Uh, so you get more behind the scenes stuff for those yeah. of you who joined us. So until next time, this is Al Sterling saying, I've got ice cream in here. We're doing it. We're doing it. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for so sticking around. So we do with the Amazon Thrones. <laughs> we're, we're prepared. Do Everybody calm down. <laughs> Hi. Um, so if you're watching live and you've stuck with us this whole time, thanks. Uh, if you're listening uh, to the recorded s- episode. Or if you're just now tuning in for the live Or if you're just stream. now tuning in for the live stream of Amazon Thrones. However welcome, you got welcome. here, welcome. It, yeah. Wherever you go. There, there you are. There you are. Um, uh, this episode of Ains on Thrones, by the way, brought to you by Bowegans. Brought to you by Bowegans. Uh, they fuel my anger and hatred with alcohol. Yay. Yay. We have very different feelings on this episode. I can already tell. I, it's not okay. I will. Okay, first you got of all, problems. I have problems not with this episode, but with because now that it's over and I've uh-huh. I've I've really sat and reflected and digested the series. I'm sorry, the season as a whole. Uh-huh. Um, I'm feeling a little. Sad and shafted and slighted. Hmm. That's all. We kind of discussed it on the on the on the earlier show about um, my my snobbishness due to how much I love the story in reading it. And um, but we're past. So book. here's well, but here's my question. So we're pa- and, and that's why that's why. So we're past book now. So my issue is is that we're we're now consuming uh, a storyline that is written strictly for television. Whereas yes, George R. R. Martin did give them the notes. Uh, he gave them. Bullet points. Bullet points. He like they know the direction in which the story is going, but they're not interpreting source material anymore. They are writing their own story based mm-hmm. off of guidelines, and it. I think it shows because now the story is is being written for television rather than being, you know, derived from a from a novel. Right. So. Because Bron would have died. Oh, Bron have been dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like forever ago um so okay first of all i would like to start off by saying that this is the first time that i won who dies next yeah i was right and y'all thought i was wrong and i was right and i'm excited about it to be it. fair i wasn't i wasn't there you still thought i was wrong you're the enemy everyone's against me okay 
See, right. she does this thing where she assumes the worst. Yes. It's a whole thing. <laughs> uh, That's a fun game to play, I've heard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so are we doing this? Uh, we're doing this. All, All right. right. So what were, did you guys have any Who Dies Next predictions last week? I wasn't here. We know. Okay, right. I keep saying you guys. I, right. You're always here in my heart, Al. Oh. Dan, did you have a Who Dies Next prediction last week? I said. I think I said the hound again. Yeah? Okay. So oh, he was excellent in this episode. So he my, was. so I was I was fifty percent right because my prediction was that Littlefinger would die, but my prediction was that Littlefinger would die by Sansa's hand. That which, was my prediction from way back, and I was disappointed when when when. Um, uh, I mean, I wasn't sad to see him die, uh, but it was sad that Sansa didn't do it herself. I thought she should. Although I mean, at the end, the girls talk about it. We'll, we'll get there, but yeah, I mean, we'll they get talk there. about the whole. You know, yeah, that's true. We'll you get, did yeah. it. I just was the executioner right. thing. You know, so but okay. that's not Stark. So we gotta. All right, let's get into this. So. This is it, guys. This is it. This is the last Ames on Thrones until 2019. Thank God. I cannot do these nights oh anymore. God, these I'm long so nights. I'm tired all the time. For the record, if we do any more of these episode breakdowns, they will be recorded separately from our episodes, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. No um, more of this. No more of this. Long, long nights. Maybe like next season for Ames on Thrones. We'll midnight see, 45. Um, so we got to get into it. And so we're going to start with the first scene. And so the first scene, I think, is probably the longest scene of the entire episode. It's probably almost three quarters of the episode as a whole. You have really weird ways of, of defining scenes, I think. Just, I mean, okay. What, what is the first scene? I define scenes by setting. Settings. Like where they are. Right. That's how not, I switch scenes. Not actual like so scene we, breakdowns. Yeah, we've got like scene within scene within scene. So basically, <laughs> so we start off and we start off at the Red Keep. Like we're doing the damn thing. So we start off and we see the, the Unsullied, Unsullied lined up in formation outside of the Red Keep. We see Jamie and Braun, you know, and the Lannister armies preparing for war, essentially, because they have no idea what the heck's going on. I mean, they do, but they're terrified because that's terrifying. I love the exchange between Braun and Jamie, though. It's perfect. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> you know, Braun's like, I'll never, I'll never get tired of him calling me my lord. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's, I think there's an interesting an interesting beat here though where we see Braun um, taking charge and being and, yeah. and, and pulling a bit of long term strategy, which yeah. is not something we typically equate with the cell sword. And I think it's a note about his growth over time. Yeah. Um, and I think that part was really interesting when he says, you know, when he says five hundred more, you know, like that's that's him that's him legitimately thinking through things and showing that kind of stuff. And we've always known that Braun was intelligent, uh, but we don't always get to show it off. And I thought that was an interesting beat. Yeah. There. Um, so we see, you know, then we see the, uh, the, un- or the insulator there. We see the Dothraki show up. And I mean, basically, so what's happening right now is that we know that the invitation has been sent out. Everyone is gathering at King's Landing. Danny and John would like an audience with Cersei to talk about the threat coming from the north. Um, Cersei invited Sansa, who sends Brienne in her place. Um, but I think the big, the most important part of this scene is that, like, Danny's putting her dick on the table. Big time. I like, mean, yeah. because, just, just the great thunk. thing is it, it, <laughs> she's got the Unsullied there first and they're showing her strength and, and the, the uh, uniformity and the, the discipline, the, 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 the discipline of that army. Yeah. And then the Dothraki screamers come charging through just, you know. and they're just standing there like, yep, all day, bro. <laughs> like, did, nobody flinches. Nothing like we're on the same page. And even though we're completely different, Right. We're all with her. Yeah. And then you, you see the fleet and then you see the dragons later and it's just all of her strength right. is being shown. You know, so I've got this broken down because there's there's a couple beats within this what I consider the scene, mm-hmm. you know, and um so 
everyone is walking towards the dragon pit. And so we see kind of the exchanges between Tyrion and John and, and, uh, Sir Frenzone. And, you know, they're kind mm-hmm. of talking about the history of the dragon pit and then what happened, you know, Tyrion's kind of explaining the history because, you know, Tyrion grew up, well, not grew up here, but Tyrion lived here for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he, uh, He's also the only one who bothers to read books. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's talking about how the dragon pit housed the dragons and, and how, you know, Sir Jorah is explaining how the, you, know, the, you can't let them run loose because they're wild and, you know, they're terrorizing everything. And so it, we, we kind of see what happens when you chain up these, these you know, huge, powerful creatures. They, they got reduced down to, Tyrion says, you know, sickly creatures that were the size of dogs. Right. So the dragons never really lived to their full glory once they started being held in captivity. So. One thing, before we even got there, um, when John and Tyrion are first arriving, John's seeing the city for the first time. Oh, yeah. And he's, and he's like, about, like, how many people live here? Yeah, like country boy goes to the big city for the first right. time. Right. So now we've got some some figures, too. Yeah. You know, a lot of the time, the only figures that we get are, are on how many people are in these armies and not necessarily about the people actually living there. Yeah. Um, and so we now know that there's over a million people in King's Landing and less than that live total in the north. Yeah. Right. So that really kind of tells you, you know, that, that it's it's kind of similar to the U.S. where you've got you know, the Midwest. And... <laughs> there, there's not that many people yeah. up in the Dakotas, let's just say, compared to, you know, the the East Coast cities, that sort of thing. And I think and, and another interesting piece here, and I don't know how much they're going to stick to it, but as a frame of reference here, at a million citizens and living in, let's just, and King's Landing. So let's mm-hmm. assume that living in that particular section of the world, let's just, even if we go beyond the city, when they're talking about the size of these armies, if it helps, um, less than 1% of all American citizens over the history of time have served in the military. Mm-hmm. Now, that's an all-volunteer army. So you can assume that on the high end for a compulsory army, you're going to get between 10 to 15% of the population that will, that will, that will be present for, a, for, for an army. So when they talk later on um, about how big is, you know, how, how many are they coming across here, mm-hmm. and they're saying uh, a, a, a few hundred thousand, yeah, uh, when they're talking about the the, the undead army, that's th- these are where these numbers are kind of coming back and forth from. Yeah, right. um, and it's now of course not just a one to one, and we'll get to that in a second. But that's why these numbers become so important. And I think um, hopefully they'll they'll stick with these numbers a bit better than they stuck with geography and how long it takes to travel. Yeah, right. And the other thing with Cersei is that we got her kill list, like her yeah. list of importance here. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, so kill the like- silver haired bitch, then our brother. Then the bastard who calls himself king. Yeah. And then anyone else. Anybody else, I don't care you know, about. The way you can do, you can do what you like. What I really liked is, you know, before we even get to, you know, because I have, I have kind of just like a full breakdown of this entire whole part here. Let's do it. You know, so we see, um, you know, they're walking to the dragon pit. They meet up on the road there with uh, Bronn and the gang. And he's got <laughs> Brienne with him and Pod and, right. you know, a couple Lannisters. Um you know, so the first bit here is I like that we see kind of like a little Tyrion and Podrick reunion. Yeah, right. Um, and and this is you know this is the part that I thought was really charming about this episode is that we we got to see those conversations again just like we did in the episode previously where we yes. saw the one off conversations we saw the traveling and we saw the talking. Right. And we got a little bit more backstory. These last two episodes have felt more Games of Thrones. Yeah. Than a little bit the more, rest of the season. I think. A little bit more gamey than the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, so we have the exchange between Tyrion and Podrick. They haven't seen each other basically since the Battle of the Blackwater, you know, and, and Tyrion even makes reference to, you know, the two heroes of the Battle of the Blackwater reunited and, uh, uh, 
you know, Ron's got to throw a dick joke in there about Patrick, <laughs> which is <laughs> kind of the theme of the series. Uh, and then we see, you know, I thought this was really interesting, the exchange between the Hound and Brienne. This is one I loved. This I loved that, it. And yes. I, because you can see, you know, the affection that they both have for Arya. Right. And, yes. and it really warmed my heart seeing the affection that the Hound has for Arya because, you know, he was on her kill list. And Mm -hmm. she thought he was dead. She left him for dead. And he knew that she left him for dead. And he still... And the first thing he says is, well, if you're here, who's protecting her? Yeah. Right. Which is an interesting... That's his first priority. Right. And she says the only one that's going to need protecting is whoever gets in her way. Whoever gets in her way. And And well, it ain't going to be me. Yeah, he says it's not (laughs) going to be me, you know? And it's just like... And I love love not just the respect that... I mean, they obviously are bonding here over Arya, but there's also a mutual respect between the two of them. Yes. And I think that is also a really nice beat. Was there a little... uh, was there maybe a little? I mean, like, is, is the hound? no torment giant pain. No, I mean, no, but like, no. what yeah. I'm saying, are the are the hound and torment like is is the hound swooping in like Mrs. Steel, your girl? Uh, I was watching it going, tell her about torment, tell her that you guys met, <laughs> tell her that he loves you. Hey, I met no. your boyfriend. <laughs> I'm not your boyfriend. <laughs> I'm not your boyfriend. <laughs> different different show makes my genres. <laughs> um, you know, and then Tyrion and Bronn, we get the Tyrion and Bronn, you know, like reunion that we deserved. Like last week, yes, we know that they were in the same room together, right. but you know, we got to see our favorite buddy cup show mm-hmm. <laughs> even if it was only for 30 seconds um you know and we kind of see braun in his new in his new station and his new status and but we still see you know kind of like that little back and forth between them like well and i I'm, think you know it's good to see you you mm-hmm. too you know <laughs> and i think and you know here that he still that Tyrion still offers makes the offer to braun and reminds braun you can I'll, it's not too late to switch sides yeah right and whatever they're paying you i'll pay double right now what is I well, I'm wondering if that was just a bit of play, you know, byplay, or if that was supposed to be hinting at something. Because if there's anybody who's going to flip sides here, it's well, Bron. Well, it's actually, the sword. I, I, actually, apparently, based on this episode, it's Jamie. But um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! The uh, spoilers. <laughs> but I think, and I think, I, I don't think that's done yet. And I think that. Uh, oh uh, yeah. I think especially with, uh, I know we're jumping ahead here, but especially with Jamie doing what Jamie does, the chances of Braun turning are pretty damn high. Absolutely. And, and, and just, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, he said, hey, Dragons is where our relationship ends. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm here for my castle. Yeah. That's there's, what he's, he's yeah. here for. And now there's dragons that can melt the castle down. So peace. Yeah. Right. You know, he's just hanging out right now, I think, to see who's going to give him the better chance at safety. Yeah. And that's why he arranged the meeting. So we get to the dragon pit. Uh, enter Cersei and crew. Yep. Cersei and company. Everyone's dressed in black. Everyone looks really badass. Um, Everybody switched to black this year. You know? Uh, so she arrives with the... Quiburn. Quiburn. Why can't I ever remember his name? Probably because he doesn't he's just, like, fucking super not an important yeah. character. Um, Did anybody notice the whole thing with Podrick and Braun leaving? Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Here's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming that we didn't want them to. I mean, the show was already. The scene was already crowded, and so mm-hmm. they just wanted to get excuse to get them off. Yeah. But now, also, these are the two people that are probably the most influential in these circles that haven't seen a white. Hmm. They didn't get to witness what everybody else did. Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna be the only ones that don't, don't have that first hand account. And everybody in the show has not believed it until they've seen it. Yeah. I don't care who's telling me. I'm not gonna believe that that exists until you put it in my face, screaming at me. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I think that might come back at some point to play into something. Yeah. It might for Braun. It's not gonna be for Podrick though. Podrick no, Podrick is, gonna... is no. 
Shut up, Patrice. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Damn it, Patrice. Damn it, Patrice. <laughs> um, you know, so we see that and then we see um I love this because, you know, the just the balls of of Sandor, you know, he walks right up to his brother and, and in my head I'm like, click ain't bowl. It's happening. It didn't happen. No. Um, no, but but it was. But it, I think what's important here though was it's in keeping within it's, the character. Yeah, but but it was a, it was a big hint that like it's gonna happen. Right. You know. You know. You know how it ends for you. You know who's coming for you. Like just, you've always known. You've always known. Just openly threaten. You know. Well, and can we talk about how gross the mountain looks too? Like they just yeah, keep making oh, yeah. grosser and grosser but and grosser. I, but I think I think this is an important. Beat. This, this had an important moment for me because that's a bit of fan service because people have been clamoring for Colgain Bowl for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then, but what they did here was they kept it true to the character mm-hmm. because Sandor Colgain does not give a shit about the Lannisters because no. most people, no. most people would show a little bit of discretion here. Yeah. You've got a chick that right that rode in on dragons. You've got, you know, you've got all this stuff going down. Mm-hmm. And if there is one character in that mix who legitimately does not give a shit, it is Sandor Clegane. And also, well, wild card, not only that, Greyjoy. Well, I think we'll get to him well, in a second. But before all that, before he even walks in, he's talking to Tyrion. And he's saying the whole, you know, am I going to die in this shit city thing? Yeah. And, you, you might. know, a terrible idea is always going to be brought up by a, a Lannister. Yeah. And but then, it's always going to be carried out by a by Clegane. A Clegane. Yeah. And that's when he sees his brother for the first time. He's going, he's like, holy crap. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's going to get that out of the way before you guys start your fancy talk. Right. But I like that he asks him, you know, what have they done to you? Yeah. yeah. And it's not really endearing, but it's also not really hateful. It's just. What, what the they, hell? What the hell have they done yeah. to you? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it was that was that was a great beat, and it felt honest. Yeah, and it does, and and I mean, even with all of those huge personalities that you've got in there, ain't nobody gonna say shit there. And then again, that felt authentic. Yeah, because while I'm sure Cersei was annoyed. What's she gonna say? You know what I mean? Like that's not a spot where you get involved. Like, those not, two idiots are gonna do what they're gonna do. Not yeah. as annoyed as what happened next. So you know, we see Danny makes her grand entrance on her dragons. Did we expect anything less? Right. You nope. know. Um. So that was apparently great. Cersei did. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what an idiot. So I absolutely. You know, one of my favorite things about this is I love the relationship between Danny and Drogon. Obviously, you know, the whole mother son dragon. The way that he lowered her. Down I love was the way so he drops cool. his shoulder. Yeah. And makes it so that she just can effortlessly dismount i think that's so cool because you would think I with think this giant so cool. giant animal that she's climbing off of at some point it wouldn't look so graceful yeah it would just be kind of you awkward know? like oh uh, uh, but uh, she just hold on right down like an elevator <laughs> yeah it's like well i mean she's in a dress man let's be respectful yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you don't just expect her to like he's a gentleman exactly um, you know so she sits down and um you know her and cersei are meeting for the first time and I just love like the you know through her teeth like we've been waiting for some time, <laughs> and Danny's like sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dragon traffic. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> like it's it was great, and it's and again it's her making her statement and still kind of being graceful while she's doing it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out here now. I like Danny again. I yes. wasn't happy earlier in the season. No, this Danny felt like her actual she, yeah. character. She's she's my queen again. Right. And and I like that. Right. No, um, absolutely. But because things are going her way. Sure. I think she was acting out of character out of frustration. Well, and I think And also that, terrible show writing. But <laughs> Well, I think John has softened her. Yeah, he has. And <laughs> well, it's weird cuz she, she's actually done the opposite. <laughs> anyway. Well, cuz we see in the in the in the little scenes that we'll get to in a minute where where it's just the two of them like talking off on their own. 
Oh, interesting. She's got her guard down completely with him. Interesting tidbit. I don't know if this is true or not, but Nick says the actor that plays Braun and the actress that plays Cersei used to date and they hate each other so they can't be in scene together. Mm. Huh. Can you Google that while we while we continue I, to do this? I read that too. Is that, okay. is that accurate? That's hysterical. Wow. That's so funny. Have that red mic next time. Wow. Wow. Okay. Calvin says it's true. I just looked up. Okay. Ha. Let's go get a drink before this bitch kills me. <laughs> That's what that was all about. Awesome. That's so funny. Okay. So cool. Um, all right. So. Uh, so Euron has no chill. Euron has no chill. So so we see Tyrion get up and start to kind of like make his presentation and Euron just, you know, like Seriously. We kill your kind in the Iron Islands. Like, like, like shut up. I was so Tyrion Tyrion is all, is just about to start his PowerPoint. Right. You know what I mean? Like the slide the oh project the, the that guy. down. Oh my god. We're on slide one and this dumbass is already asking me some stupid ass uh, questions. I've been that guy. <laughs> like there is nothing And he's, and you know he tries so hard. He's just so like What are you doing? He's just I Sir Ivan is nothing. Just I was, was going to chime in. Oh, you're allowed to chime in. You have a microphone. Yeah, you have a microphone, have a microphone for a reason. So I'm going to chime in real quick. That actually like Cersei in that moment when she told him to shut the fuck up. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. no, absolutely. That was yeah. the best. I was like, absolutely. I liked Cersei for about ten seconds. Yeah, and that's okay, like go her, back to her, her little redemption arc. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One sentence. Here's the thing, though, and this is the thing, and I, I mean, given the, what we learned later, it, it, it excuses it because part of me says I don't think it excuses what he did to Tyrion. I don't think she planned for that. I don't think she cares. Yeah. She's had no problem with her with him humiliating and whatever right, else. But, but she realizes that they're there for yeah. That's not why they were there. Like well, he's he's trying to wave his junk around and right. But no, but the the point here is that that knowing what we know now about what Cersei's plan was from the beginning, he was put on the show to make himself look like an asshole to, on purpose. I think I think that's part of it. But more importantly, what bothered me here is that when Euron finishes his whole diatribe and says, "Can they swim? I'm out." What bothered me there is oh, like, that's later. Yeah. Well, that's true. Um, okay, then I'll pause. I'm yeah. sorry. So, you know, so I, I literally have in my notes here, you're under first, some unnecessary shit. Yeah, it's dwarf jokes and talking about Yara. Yeah. Right, at first. Yeah, he's first he starts, yeah, he starts, you know, kind of taunting Theon, and then he starts, you know, talking about killing dwarves. Um, and, and then Cersei tells him to shut up or leave. Sit down or leave. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, put a leash on it. Come on. Um so, you know, Tyrion finally starts to speak. Um, John gets up and says his piece. Uh, Danny speaks about it as well. Basically, they, they, they all come together and they ask Cersei, like, we're, we're asking for your, your truce. You know, we want you to lay down arms and, and fight with us and blah, blah, blah. Um, and Cersei basically tells everyone to fuck all the way off. Mm-hmm. All the way. <laughs> just not like three quarters. Yeah, not just a little bit, but like all, all the, the way. way. Off. Um, you know, and uh, Tyrion, uh, he makes such a such a strong point here. Like we could literally sit here and argue about the past fifty years, but we have something to show you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so enter the Hound. And okay, now first of all, this. So we saw on the boat. If we back up just a little bit, Thank we saw him. him so glad we, we're gonna this. We saw him go and like check on it and like knock on the wood, and it was like. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. That's my white impression, everyone. But, no, it's on point. So now you know that exists. Um, and I just, I hated this dramatic TV moment. Yes. I hated it so much. Like, the, yes. let's kick it. And, you know, we're all, like, on the edge of our seats. Like, oh, is it dead? Did it die? In it, the- it didn't bother me because it was so quick. 
no, it, it, no, it was, it was just it, it was in between two scenes, and it was just a quick little. Yeah, he's alive. All right. No, good. no, no, no. The boat didn't bother me. The pit bothered me. Oh, the dramatic pause and the let's pull the lid off and nothing's moving. Like that thing, he barely touched the box, and that thing started screaming and freaking out. Right. He care. He was carrying it on his back and jostling it around, and it right. was being silent. This is my problem. This asleep. is my problem with the show. Okay, it's dead. It doesn't sleep. <laughs> well, and this and this is what I'm saying here too, because because what that does is that makes the previous scene unnecessary. Yes. The scene with him on the boat right. becomes a waste, becomes a fake bait. And to me it was it was too much dramatic television scare. moment. And, right. and I hated that. I think they were going for the jump scare. Yeah. They were trying to okay, you think it's coming and you think it's coming and you think it's coming and then he's got to kick it over. Also how embarrassing would it have been if it really was dead? <laughs> right. Like the, the hand We have something to show you. It's this dead body. Just like that hand we sent you in season one. <laughs> right. And then Cersei that you just, ignored because it was decomposed. Cersei kills everyone. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like, I think if that, if they had not done the scene in the boat, they could have done more with this. Yeah. I wouldn't have been mad at it if they hadn't, if you know, and uh, if they, they wanted to go for the jump scare, if they I wanted to you. go for the dramatic pause, they could have done that. But by establishing the scene on the boat, they, they, they took, they, they made this scene just feel like, and uh, like just crappy, just cheating the audience. Well, yeah. It seems like you guys, you know, since we started podcasting, you just can't enjoy things the same way. <laughs> <laughs> we all, I already talked about why I can't enjoy game of Thrones the same way. Um, so yeah, but we get the thing coming out <laughs> yeah, here. So it comes out and you know, and, and I, I did love because, you know, Cersei, uh, as much as we love to hate her, I do have respect for her and, and her and her character for as calm, cool and collected as she always is. And she's always got, you know, she's got RBF and she, you know, you never see her showing any emotion and you never see her reacting really to anything except with, you know, like like Cersei, like whatever. Yeah, drink your wine and carry on. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Cersei's enjoying a... um Seven layer milk stout from Bowiegans. Uh, I doubt it because uh, that award winning flavor is found only in the great state of Florida. <laughs> Not in Westeros. <laughs> Not in Westeros. Um, you but, know, you so, see, but, but she looks terrified when this mm-hmm. thing comes out of the box. Well, she looks. She looks Cersei terrified. Yeah, right. Like, like her, like <laughs> like post Botox terrified. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's the equivalent of most people jumping up and down and screaming and freaking out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and thank goodness they got the chain the right length. <laughs> How embarrassing. How many times did they rehearse this? Because that was a really well choreographed presentation. (laughs) (laughs) They did. So what they did is like actually cutting the half and the cutting the hand off and the whole thing. (laughs) And this is what they did too. This is what they, they skipped over when she says, cause you know, if you watch the show, it doesn't look like Danny left them waiting all that long. But what they missed was before the hound bringing up the chain and measuring it out while Cersei sat (laughs) there. Right. And it took counting lengths. One, two, (laughs) an hour and a half of, of them setting that up and making sure that's all right before they could flag Danny in for the dramatic entrance. So that's, you know, that's a part of the story they don't include, you yeah. know, that's so, yeah. So we see that and we see what the hound cuts it in half, right? Uh, Which is important. Yes. Because it shows that how like indestructible they are. Right. And so then, I think, you know, they start dismembering this thing to make a point, to prove a point. Like it, like it, right. it gets cut in half. They hack its hand off. We see Quiburn get all like, Oh, oh he's got oh, like fascinating. Yeah. Cool. He's got like necromancer wood. Right. Seriously, he's <laughs> like all about that. So I'm not the only one who thought he was aroused. He had a game of boner. Game um, of boner. <laughs> straight up yeah that was yeah that was that one was bad he was like my precious so the hand does this all by itself huh if you'll excuse me <laughs> i gotta go do some experiments little birds come with me oh, oh no and we 
we've and we've lost it. Yeah, I went uh, too far. I went too far. Yeah, just a little uh, bit. So I'd like to bring up Andrew's comment from earlier when we first started. He said, uh, "Chaos is a ladder." So is Aim of Thrones. <laughs> Aims on Thrones right now. <laughs> Chaos is Aims on Thrones when we drink beer. Uh, so, so, but no, I think so I, I, I like the fact that they. Um, that they showed the slicing in half. I like mm-hmm. that they did all this, and he and then John does his little presentation. I but, love that it's such like a business presentation too. Like we can burn you can, them. You can see here. We can burn it. Wait, power, next slide, please. Like that was <laughs> next slide, please. But Dragon what, glass. <laughs> but but what they, but they left out Valerian steel. They did. Yeah, which I think is on purpose. On, is it on purpose? No, I think it's lazy writing. You think so? Because who had? Do we know that Jamie has a Valerian steel blade? Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Widow's whale. John Snow has a John Snow has a Valerian steel blade. There's a couple. There's a couple that we know of 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 known characters that carry Valerian steel. Arya has a Valerian steel dagger. Right now, now, to be fair, that that's not. That uh, uh, that that's not that's not for everybody. Like that, everybody and has. Samwell has one now. Yeah. Um, yes, he does. Although, if if he's having to wield the blade, something's <laughs> gone terribly wrong. Yeah. Hey, but he's killed away before. Uh, he's he Sam the Slayer. That's right. But, but I just I just think it was. I to me, I, there's only two reasons you you, you skip you, you leave it out. Either one, it's an important point you're holding back, which is weird because Valerian steel is the is the most rare of the three things. Now that you found this giant cave full of dragon glass, right? So. Well, but we also don't know that it kills the whites. We know that it kills white walkers. Those are two different things. Mm. Mm. But what was in the box? A white. What's in the box? That was a white. <laughs> the, the, no, the Valerian the, steel doesn't kill the whites. It kills the white walkers. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. See, but that, okay. So then to me, that's just, that's screwed up writing in general, because if the dragon glass kills the whites, but the Valerian steel doesn't kill the whites, what the, well, it, it'll kill them like any other sword. Yeah. But it's just going to cut, cut them into smaller bits that yeah. are all broken. Sure, sure. But they'll still be alive. So anyway. Okay. Okay, so that part, was so part of, so part that's of, fine. Part of... Nick says no, it kills both. Okay, I thought so too. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't I think know. it was copyright. I, I th- yeah, I think it's copywriting, and I think it, I think it does kill both. So they don't. You know mention, what they helps don't you Valerian when steel. you get stuck with some crappy writing? What's that? A delicious glass of <laughs> Bowigan's beer. <laughs> all right, we're going to have to like, talk about how <sighs> many... Oh, boy. So then Danny mentions that she's seen over 100,000 of them. Yeah, you know, so we see Cersei get real serious and go, like, how many? Seriously. That, and then. That was bad. No, no, no. She doesn't ask. She doesn't ask. Oh, wait. Who asks? How Jamie many? asks. Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, because Jamie's because like, oh, he's strategy. crap. Right. Cause this, and that's exactly. And this is where I think we see the difference here. Because we now know that Cersei's concern was somewhat disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe her initial reaction, her jump scare moment was, was honest. Yeah. yeah. But immediately after that, Jane, while we don't know it at the time, the, the future, the rest of the episode shows us that she's full of shit. Yeah. But Jamie's reaction is that of a military man. Yeah. He is looking, he's saying, okay, that's bad. How many do we have to deal with? What is it going to take? Let's start thinking. I mean, you can see that Jamie's already thinking strategy and how you beat these things. And that's when you're on asks, can they swim? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, this beat bothered me a bit. And again, I think again, about how he like, he fuck he, this shit. I'm out. <laughs> well, that, and then, you know, and he immediately like goes over to Danny and he's like, Ooh, you should come with me to mine. Yeah, we well, both got islands. What's what, up? What, girl, yo girl, what you doing later? <laughs> What's your after, man got after to do all, with me? The, all the undead kill each other and themselves. Right? Like, yeah, well, I, I, well, and, and, and you're on stupidity aside that what bothered me as I watched this scene is that Cersei, does not let him leave with her fleet. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and we now know that that's not what really happened, but Cersei doesn't let him walk out the door. And, it was and just, Jamie, it's... Jamie said nothing. 
which is weird. Yeah. Um, because really, if and the, the 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 thing at the end, I think, excuses part of it. But realistically speaking, what happens here is Euron says, "Fuck this shit, I'm out," and he starts walking away. And then um, uh, Cersei nods at the mountain, who then throws his sword from across the goddamn dragon pit and kills the guy right then and there. Like right. Euron doesn't just Euron dies. Like that's it. That's how Euron died. Yeah. You know, like there's no way in hell he's allowed to walk away with that fleet. Yeah. Um, and I think. The the thing in the end only slightly excuses it. I think it, it explains it for a little bit, but the fact that Jamie didn't say anything, that nobody else said anything, that everybody else just kind of let that go, yeah. and that Cersei allowed that kind of disrespect to be shown to her face. Uh, and therein lies yeah. my issue with the, the show writing versus the writing writing. Right. But, um, you know, so, the, so, so we see this, we see, oh. you know, so Cersei basically says, all right, all right what do we have to do to, to make this not happen? Um, and, you know, so she asks for an agreement. She asks for peace while we all fight together. Um, and she asks for the King of the North to swear fealty to her and to remain in the North and not take up arms against the Lannisters. Um, she said that he can remain neutral. Yes, exactly. She doesn't say he can let the war play out. Right. And then just go with the winner, basically. Yeah. Um, but well, but she, but she does specifically say he will not raise arms against. Right. Me or my family. Right. Um, and then John ruins everything. And it's so stupid. <laughs> and it's but, cl- but you know what? I don't hate it because... No, here's, here's my problem with it. <laughs> okay. We know what Cersei's p- f- eventual plan was. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know that John has sworn fealty to Danny. Right. Nobody knows mm-hmm. that John... Tyrion has, doesn't even know that. Tyrion doesn't even know that. Which then leads me to ask, what's her play? If we know that she was already going to betray them from the beginning, yeah, then what is she, what was her plan? If he agreed, did she just she just no? Says, I think this is Plan A. I think that what she's dropping right now is Plan A, and everything that she says later on to Tyrion is just her making up crap. But Euron's yeah. already trying left. to look strong. But Euron's already left. Right? Euron leaves before this moment mm-hmm. to go presume to presumably get the Golden Company, to get this huge ass army of mercenaries, and bring him across. Yeah. Which we'll, so, which we'll touch on later. So I'll buy that. I'll buy that she was looking for an excuse to give an agreement. I'll buy that piece. No, I think after she saw that white, she was terrified. Okay, yes, we have to we have to do something about this. I'll participate, but this is what I need. I think that was genuine. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And when as soon as he said no, I've already sworn my my loyalty to to Danny. Now she's going, well, yeah, I agree. I'm screwed when the, I agree when the with, Great War is over. Then I, I agree with Dan on this one. I think that I think that everything up until her leaving was pretty genuine. Obviously, aside from and then the she's Euron got bullshit. time to go scheme once she leaves the pit. Yeah, but while she's in the pit, I think everything is happening in real time because the, the white did shock her. Yeah, right. the white absolutely did shock her. Well, I think then, that was she was then, just like, oh shit, I didn't expect. This. Then there's this other. Then 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 here's my second. Even my second the dragon beat. scares her to begin with. Yeah, right. Here's my second part of this beat though. Did is you this, notice? I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but did you notice like the total PTSD that Jamie had about the dragon? Like yes. he hears it scream and he's like, oh, God, "Not again!" <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know? Uh, so John, when she, when Cersei asks this, John looks at Danny, mm-hmm. and Danny nods, mm-hmm. which to me means go ahead and make this deal, right? Yeah. Which to me means that like he could have said, "I will remain neutral," since she just said it was okay. She just nods. Yeah, but uh, you got to remember that also Cersei said. I want 
the loyalty of Ned Stark's son. I know that Ned Stark's son will be honest and will be a man of his word. And he could have just said that and it wouldn't have meant anything. It wouldn't have tied him to anything. Right, but... but Because she wanted the word of Ned Stark's son and she wasn't going to get the word of Ned Stark's son. A, he doesn't know that. (laughs) B... It, it the, the the goodness of Ned Stark is imprinted so hard on him, right? Yeah. And there's and, and by the way, last week we had all those references to my dad. My dad was a good man through and through. Mm-hmm. All these Ned Stark was a good man things. All these mentions of his father in the last two episodes, right before we find out who his real father is. Right yeah. now, that being said, a lot of people would say that his real dad was good through and through as well. Now that we know that he didn't actually rape and, and kidnap yeah. right. his mother. You yeah. Know? Right. That w- he was a good man too in this world. Um, so I think that's what all that is, is kind of. It's like a double, like a double message. Yeah. So, okay. So, so John yeah, so ruins we, everything. John ruins everything. We see Cersei leave and she's like, well, deals off. Get out of here. Screw mm-hmm. you guys. I'm going home. And, you know, and then everyone's all like, good job, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why'd you do that? You know, and I love Tyrion. Like, you know, I, I'm glad that you bent the knee to our queen. I would have advised it had you asked me, but do you ever consider lying? And then, you know, when we get this big, beautiful, powerful speech from Jon Snow about honor and words meaning things. That's fine. I mean, was your... The North remembers. Was it worth the deaths of millions of people? I'm just curious. No, probably not. Uh, probably not, Jon Snow. Uh, you take your honor, shove it right up your poop hole. Right. That's, uh, that'll, be, that'll be a great comfort to all those people who are about to die when the... Lie to one person. Save the world. Yeah. So anyway, so we see, you know, so yeah, good. Tyrion uh, comes up with this crazy plan mm-hmm. to go talk to his sister. Probably the, the, the person in the world that wants him dead the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so this scene was really interesting. So Cersei, yeah. and, Cersei and Tyrion meeting was very... First off, Peter Dinklage kills it in this scene. Oh, my scene. God. Well, I mean, that's Peter, not fair. Peter, Peter Dinklage, Dinklage kills it in everything. I know, but this is, just, this is one of those scenes where on the third rewatch i was just going this guy yeah you know yeah it's yeah. just killing it yeah and you know i loved the i loved the, the you know the pouring of the wine for himself first like let me drink the first glass to, to mm-hmm. you know calm my nerves and then he pours his sister a glass of wine you but, know? The, but but right before all that happens this is where when he's giving her every reason that she possibly could have to kill him and saying go ahead kill me yeah and the mountain is ready to do it. Yeah, like and you hear like the shink. <laughs> she can't pull the trigger. Yeah, right. Which okay, the, the, like I'm starting to understand what a three beat is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this beat two of the three beat where she can't kill Euron and then she can't kill Tyrion? Ah, oh. and then there might be a third beat. Sure. Oh. Do I finally understand what a freaking three beat is? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, we did it, guys. Mm-hmm. Proud of you. Uh, this understanding was brought to you by Boegans. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or this could have been beat one and two with the with her brothers, yeah. and there could be something coming maybe okay. in this season in 558 next year. 558 days. Right. There's yeah. a couple. We're going to assume that that three beat, that three I, beat can kiss my ass. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- we, we see this moment, and at what what really got me about this scene was, you know, Tyrion talking about the children and like, you, like, right. I don't care what, you, you know, I won't hear it. I won't hear it. And I don't care what you will or will not hear. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved them. And <laughs> you know, she said two, two wonderful children. Yes. <laughs> you know, and in his, and there wasn't even an argument or like a flicker of an eye of an eyebrow from Cersei on that mm-hmm. point. She's like, no, 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 you're right. Two, yeah. two of them were good. Two, one was just a complete shithead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think so. So then of course this scene ends 
rather abruptly. Yeah. And we're left based on her coming back and making this big speech about how we've got to stick together and we're going to move forward. What happens in those intervening moments? I mean, because that scene cuts off abruptly. Yeah, and then and we then go to, to Danny changes. and John on the pit. I'm sorry, yes. But when she when she comes back, mm-hmm. Cersei is singing a completely different tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, like, there's... A, <sighs> By the end of their conversation, he thinks yeah, he's Calvin, turned Calvin makes a good point, yes. Um, he says she didn't drink the wine, did she? There's a lot of talk about the wine right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, Nick says, I was so worried the wine was poisoned because why would a pregnant woman have wine out? Well, first of all, if we're in, like, medieval times, I don't think we were worried about... That. Also, there Cersei... Was no, there was no Surgeon General... So also, Cersei doesn't strike me as the type that gives a shit. Right. Also, Cersei's not pregnant, but whatever. Um, and then uh, my mom, that. Kathy, says uh, his pouring Cersei a glass of wine was symbolic. He didn't poison Joffrey. So with pouring his wine, so he's pouring her wine as well. Right. Like, look, mm. like. Well, I think I think it's important. That's why actually why I think he he drank first because you notice he didn't kill the glass. He pours. He takes a drink. Then he pours hers and hands it to her. Yeah. So that he shows that there's nothing wrong with the wine. But right. more importantly, well, yeah, forget. the last glass of wine that he poured in King's Landing. Well, but yeah. was but, Joffrey's. Well, but let's not forget too that the wine here as well is not. Um, uh, uh, the the wine is sitting. It's, this is Cersei's wine. Yeah, right, it's sitting right. in her room. It's sitting in her room. Yeah. So I guess maybe he maybe he does a little sleight of hand and drops a poison in there, but that's not. Yeah. No. Um, that's but what I he's did. Here for. But the poison definitely crossed my mind. Yeah. I, def- I definitely wondered about the poison as I was looking at. For it. sure. Um, you know. But then see, we you know, we see we see her we see him. So and there's there was a lot of speculation about like her kind of like revealing her pregnancy to Tyrion, um, and you know him kind of like. Does Tyrion really believe that his sister is pregnant, or does she, does oh, yeah. he does he know that she is a pathological liar, and is he calling her bluff because he knows that he can manipulate her by promising her something that has to no. do with the unborn child? Like how like there's it was a very interesting dynamic, and I'm I really am interested to see how the hell this shit plays out. I here, here's my, here's my here's my bet. Um, I think that Cersei played Tyrion because deep down Tyrion still gives a shit about his sister. Mm-hmm. I don't think that her sister gives a shit about him. No. I think Cersei's decision not to have him killed right there is because she's not a goddamn idiot. Yeah. Uh, there's still two large dragons and a huge army camped on her doorstep, and she's well aware she of that. She even literally says it out loud. Like, queen. like, you don't matter. Right. You know, your thoughts don't matter. Your opinions don't matter. Your feelings don't matter. Like, you right. don't matter. So, so I, think, I think she plays him. Whether she's pregnant or not, I think she plays him. Yeah. But what's concerning to me is what happened after that scene before she comes walking back out. Cause there's rumors that Tyrion betrays her betrays, uh, uh Dan Daenerys here. Really? Yes. I mean, that was one of the rumors that I was reading up on is that in these intervening moments, uh, re- that, that buying in that there is another baby Lannister on the way. Tyrion agrees to something in order to make something happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's true, but when we look at the end of the episode, especially Tyrion's behavior speaks to something being wonky and that's what some people have been pointing out. Yeah. So we go back, we cut back to Danny and John in the dragon pit. I think the fact that he, she couldn't kill him, uh, points toward the fact that she's also, she, that, that she is pregnant. I think she doesn't kill him out of pure practicality. I think yeah. she plays it off. She's not that practical. She can be, though. She is, if nothing else, Cersei Lannister is about self-preservation. Yeah. And even she, she, kills she, Tyr- she kills, she's about revenge more than she is self-preservation. She kills Tyrion in that moment with all... No, they, she goes down hard if she killed Tyrion right then and there. Right. Danny would set everything on fire. She is a survivor. Yeah. Right, but uh, that would be her, her knee-jerk reaction. 
but very no. easily. Mm-hmm. No, I don't buy nah, it. I don't buy it. Either. I don't know. If and I especially it. with with the the two beat there of not being able to kill Jamie either. Right. Again, yeah. I think it's because Actually, you know what I think about this. If we can go back to three beats for a second, I think the three beat isn't about Cersei. I think it's about the mountain. Because we see the mountain yeah. have the three beat first with his brother, mm-hmm. oh. where he doesn't react at all, mm-hmm. and then the second beat is at uh, is with Tyrion, where he puts a hand on the hilt, and then the third beat is with Jamie, where he actually draws the sword but doesn't do anything Partially. with it. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's the first time he bears steel though at all mm-hmm. is with Jamie. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So we, right, we get so to get back in the Danny pit. and John in the dragon pit, and then we you know like, nothing, John like, Snow. Yeah, blah blah blah. You know nothing. Oh, John you know Snow. nothing, Danny. Yeah. Right. Well, right. I can't just glaze over this scene. Like whatever. Um, they're like getting all close and cozy behind the bleachers. You're amazing. I know. This is can, like the this is this and the scene later on are like fan service. It's what we've all been building to for fan for service. seven years. Is there any, I'm trying to remember if there's any important decisions that came out of this scene, though. Uh, no, John. There's a warming of relations, and I don't there's think there's a warming of relations, and John alludes to the fact that, hey, you know, some like old crazy kook told you that you can't have kids, and you've been like believing that for a couple of years now. Maybe you should like think that she's not the most reliable source of information. Right. Which, that's, I Which mean, is the smartest thing he's ever said. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I, do, I do like that he starts the scene, though, standing by himself and brooding. Yeah. So of course. How else would he start the scene? Right. That's. So but, but, I would like to bring something up here because you know this is the way that the show has um, decided to uh, kind of bring up the fact that we I think I think Daenerys is absolutely fertile. I think she will bear yeah. children again. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, in the books, so is the, there an allusion to that? In the books, um, it's when she when she leaves the fighting pits on Drogon the first time she ever rides Drogon. So there's this really long like Cersei's stuck in the grass or Cersei freaking Daenerys is stuck in the grasslands by herself. With like Drog- like Drogon takes her out there and she's basically got dysentery. And but she also like like there's a, like the last sentence that we ever read about Daenerys before we stopped getting books forever um, was like, and she looked down and her moon's blood was upon her, which was like, okay, great. So she got a period. So she's probably right. dropping eggs and stuff and can mm-hmm. get pregnant. Well, so- and this also speaks to something that George R. R. Martin has done in his books that I really appreciated where uh, sometimes prophecies are just full of shit. Right. And he goes, I mean, you see a lot of authors that will use prophecies and they don't come true the way that you think they will. Right. But this, but would George R. R. Martin, like, nah, sometimes they're just bullshit. Mm-hmm. Which I, which of course then draws us back into things like the three headed dragon and he, she's gonna, and, and the Maggie the Frog's prediction that Cersei is going to die at the hands of, of the Vol, the Vladim, Vladimir, whatever the hell his name is. Uh, volunteer. Volunteer, whatever. Little brother. <laughs> the, the, vol- the volunteer. I don't care. The point here is that, that, I mean, there's nothing that says any of those prophecies actually come true. Yeah. Except, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we see Tyrion come back with Cersei. Um, and she sits back down and she goes, all right, let's do this. So we know that Tyrion did something, said something, promised something, schemed something. We don't know what happens because that conversation cuts off and we don't get to the end of it. Mm-hmm. So we know that Cersei tells them, okay, let's fight together. Um, so then we cut to Winterfell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sansa and Littlefinger. This is not there yet. Not there yet. I know, <laughs> but we're just you know cut to uh, Sansa and Littlefinger chewing on some scenery. Yeah, like, like she, Sansa's trying to make a point, and and he's just wrapped around like a, a pillar, just <laughs> gnawing, just directly onto the scenery. <laughs> he eat, he eats several props Lord, in the scene. Lord Baelish, are you even listening to me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we find out that apparently, even though they didn't tell Tyrion, they did tell Sansa that John bent the knee. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, we see her like she's reading yeah. she's reading the scroll. Yeah. And um That's a good actually I didn't I didn't catch that at first, but now that you mentioned it, yeah. 
But uh, although we have established that these ravens are mad fast. Yes. No, they are stupid fast. fast. So it could have come from King's Landing. Yeah. We, don't know. we have no idea. Um, so there's, and there's a funny part about the ravens that we'll get to later. Um, you know, so we see that she's reading the scroll from John um, and we see, you know, Littlefinger doing his scheming, scheming, scheming thing. But Littlefinger <laughs> says the, the thing that we've all been saying all year, Littlefinger, as soon as he hears, oh, John bent the knee. Oh, you know, they say she's pretty hot. Maybe they're going to get married. Yeah. Maybe that would be a good idea. It would consolidate power and you guys, they'd be so much stronger together and everything. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. We know. We've been watching. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't know. If, um, I know you're supposed to be like this master manipulator here, but I don't think that that but was apparently, great. Varus and Tyrion and like none of these other people, except for Davos, he's kind of like nudged John in that direction. Right. But nobody else has brought it up. Because that's what your boy does. Exactly. <laughs> your boy's got your back. Be like, bro, 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 bro. Hit that. Because, <laughs> because John didn't bring his most trusted advisor. He brought his wingman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. <laughs> Truth. Oh man. So um, you know, and so we see Littlefinger like leading, you know, they start talking about Arya and her motivations and, and Littlefinger gets into the whole like I like to play a game. I like to assume the worst about, you know, what a person's intentions are and why they're you know, why what they their do what they do mean. and say what they say. Exactly. Which is so like bruh, come on. <laughs> we <laughs> You lose this game every time because <laughs> right. we know what your intentions are. They're bad. They're very bad. Well, but but we don't know at this point. Right. Like, and I we, mean, we assume, but we don't know. And, and there's there's this thing where he assumes always that he is the smartest person in the room and that nobody else could possibly be operating on his level. Mm-hmm. And I've known people like that in real life mm-hmm. who believe that they are operating on a level that nobody else can even possibly follow. Mm-hmm. And it's a little embarrassing because there's a lot of other people going... Uh, nah, bro. We we see what's going on. It reminds me of my kids. Actually, <laughs> my kids will sit it's there. So not who I was thinking of that we both know. No, I'm, no. I'm using them as an example here. But my kids will sit there and scheme and plot like in the room with me. Mm-hmm. But what they're gonna do? And I'm like, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> like you're loud because you're my kid. Like I can hear <laughs> everything. You know, but is but this then, like okay? You're gonna sneak up behind him and you're gonna slice his Achilles heel, right? Like, and then like, I'm you, gonna get the crackers and the juice. <laughs> That's actually not. And we're going to watch all the TV we want. That's actually not that far off from some of their plans. But it does. It reminds me of that in a little bit because, you know, like you've known people in real life who've been without, with unfortunately, a little bit more negative. But overall, you're like, bro, we, we get it. You're not. Yeah. You're actually not, <laughs> you're not fooling us. All right. So we see this and he kind of leads her to come to the, you know, come to the conclusion that, ooh. He's our, totally badgering the witness, by our, the way. Yeah, right? <laughs> Objection. Leading. <laughs> um. It, Brad it, and totally Brad, Brad Pacino, show, if you're listening, let me know if that's like and totally real. showing his hand. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, this I is like, where Sansa realizes, I think. No, well, no, well, no Sansa's known all along. Yes, I think that's, that's which. Which I will. No, no, no. Sansa's known that he's been up to something, but I think this is where he completely shows his hand, and she knows. Oh, you're straight up trying to get me to kill my sister. Yeah, but it's like to me, I it's just like like he's usually been so good at plotting and scheming, and this time he just got too excited. He was yeah. Like, oh, 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 and, oh, 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 I love and, this game. I love this game. And why? And why would Arya <laughs> want to find out this scroll? And why would she want to do this? And why would she want to kill you? I, like, but then at the end, it doesn't make any sense because Sansa, because Arya's never wanted to be the Lady of Winterfell. Well, but I think that's. Important and that's why Sansa goes to be the Lady of Winterfell, but no, she doesn't want that. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't buy that they were ever... I think the whole thing was a show. The only thing that I think might not have been a show is when um, there's, a, there's a portion of last week's episode where she literally finds the faces... Right, when they played the yeah. game of faces. Yeah, when, and when, when Sansa actually finds the faces, I think that was an honest, like, w- w- wait... 
um, why do you have cut up faces <laughs> like, in your bag? Are, and that's, I think it's fair. This? I think that's a fair question. What are you doing? With I think these? it's a fair question. Yeah. Um, but so, no, I think, but I, I don't think even Arya had decided that, that she was ready to work with Sansa until that conversation. I disagree. I disagree. She was testing Sansa the whole time. That's what that whole conversation was about. It may have been a little bit, but I think that they already knew and they already, they already knew that, that Littlefinger was the enemy. They may have been deciding whether or not, in addition to Littlefinger being the enemy, whether or not they could walk, they could work together. But, I think by the end of this conversation, that's when she realizes, I've got to kill him. I think it was before that. What do you think? I think it. I, and I was, I was the biggest one of like, ew, why are they acting like this? And after this episode, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think they both knew the whole time. Yes. I think that the, I think mm. that was revealed to us and proven to us in this episode, which makes me very happy because I was pissed. Well, and the thing too is every other conversation that they had, aside from the one where she finds the bag of faces, was done out in public. Was done with doors open. Was yeah. done in a place where they could be overheard. And somebody even I read an article about um, apparently, and and and, I, and once we get to that scene, we see Bran's role in everything. But apparently, mm-hmm. um, we think Bran was also following Tyrion around as you know his little flock of crows that he works into because apparently if you rewatch the scenes every time Littlefinger does something or says something where Arya is following him or whatever says something out loud that he thinks is in private apparently you hear crows in the background huh yeah there's mm-hmm. apparently there's just and I need I need to go back and watch yeah. those scenes in particular because right. apparently there's all these little nuances that allude to Bran's been watching him right and reporting to his sisters as we've been saying the whole time like you know this could all be solved if Bran was just like yo bro <laughs> yeah or sis yeah. you know um so yeah so anyway so that that happened uh so then we see so john and danny are back at dragonstone at the war table right which i don't understand why would they go back to dragonstone because that's her base of operations right and okay. because well and because the transporter was already and up and running <laughs> and it's midway i mean and it's it's towards the north they already, they're, they're they already opened the gate so they right. just go you through know, it no big deal you could walk through uh, <laughs> It's not like it's not like it's out of their way. Is all I'm saying. Like right. They, they okay. stepped into Dragonstone. They walked about five minutes. The King's Landing. Five minutes, and now you're in Dragonstone. So you it's like going through. from Altamont to Apopka. It's, not... it's like it's like literally actually just like full size people walking across a risk board, right. <laughs> <laughs> just stepping across continents. Exactly. Like it wasn't a big deal. Um, so we see them and they're plotting, and you know they're talking about their approach and how they're going to get to the north. And everyone's like, "Oh well, we, you should ride to the north on the dragons." And everyone's like. No, and like we should ride to the north on the king's road. Like, no, they're gonna kill you. And then John's like, "We should sail in a boat together." Uh, 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 <laughs> and Danny's like, "Yes, we should sail in a boat together." So, and then, and then, and then, I love this scene because you see everyone like, uh, you know, like Tyrion looks at Jorah, and Jorah looks at Davos, and Davos looks at you know, and they're all like, uh, "What?" Uh, are they gonna fuck? Are they gonna fuck? <laughs> I completely got this scene completely differently than you. What, did, what was your takeaway? All right, because first of all, they're on Dragonstone, so they're on an island. So it's it's either they're gonna sail or they're gonna fly. It's one or the other, and then they're gonna march to to uh, uh, Winterfell. Yeah. Either way, you're getting to Winterfell. Yeah, but the thing is, it's so- either by by air or by sea. Well, and, the point was, I think that one was saying, and that you've they got were... you've got Jorah, who's been her most trusted, longest, most loyal person, mm-hmm. telling her you should fly in because somebody's going to kill you. Yeah. And then you've got John saying, "No, we need to look united in this. You need to come with me, hand in hand, straight forward, yeah, in front of the people." And she's with John on this, and yes, she, she is. all of her advisors are seeing, "Hey, this guy that showed up a couple weeks ago has already got her ear more than the rest of us." Yeah, right. 
that's what that's about to me. I think that's true, but I think that there's there's a practical we, level here too because she could show up on the dragon and according to Game of Thrones physics could be there in about 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well, and plus we've got And then she's just sitting at Winterfell like waiting we, for her armies and that's on, weird. John. Plus you got to take this with that conversation in the pit where we saw the two of them by themselves talking in the pit and she's softening and she's she's changing because of him. Okay. And now you see that she's changing strategy because of him as well. Okay. I mean, I think, I think you've got a valid point there. I think the way that she did, because this from- entire episode is leading to the end that we all know is the end. So it's all about these two people coming together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. That's okay. Good. So that's agreed upon. They're going to show up together to show their alliance. Um, <laughs> so then we see, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then we see John and Theon have kind of like a, a brother moment. Um, cause the last time we saw John and Theon interact, John was basically like, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Is he going to sneeze? I might go ahead. I just didn't know if you were going <laughs> to sneeze or vomit. No, I'm going to sneeze, but I'm turning it by. <laughs> God bless you. Excuse um, me. Sorry. So, um, I'm going to see if this happens on, on camera. Okay. Well, it's, it's lagging cause I saw it. Um, it was really gross, but so you might sorry. have sneezed off camera. I hope oh, I did. No, I just no. saw it. We didn't get the right, we didn't, well, we didn't, but we didn't get the spray on camera. Oh. Anyway, um, so um, so Theon's there, and despite not having any balls, grow some balls. Yeah, right. So you know, so we see you know him talking about how he always kind of looked up to John, and he wishes that he had John's conviction, and John always did the right thing, and John's like, no, I didn't. I'm not and there's uh, there's more daddy talk here too. Yeah, more daddy right. talk, and they talk about right. Ned and how influential Ned was, and mm-hmm. and and I, 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 I to me this scene is really important, especially knowing what we know about John now mm-hmm. and um, who Ned was to Theon also, and it just kind of encapsulates. Well, there's the line where he says, "Just like me." He, you're just like he's a part of me, he's a part of you. Yeah. Right. Because, because they were both raised by this guy that's not that's their not dad. That's not their biological father. Right. But, you know, Ned was so influential to them. And even, I even think we see bits and pieces of that with, uh, with, um, uh, Gendry. Mm-hmm. You know, like Gendry didn't have a father. Gendry didn't right. grow up with a father. And Ned kind of had an affection for him. And even though their relationship was very short, like Ned went to go check up on Gendry in the shop and, right. mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, Ned, obviously. So uh, here, here's, so yes, I, I think you're right. I think that piece is absolutely crucial. I think it's important for us to understand that this is going to influence, um, all of these are, are meant to help us and understand John's struggle when he learns the truth. Yeah. I think that's the piece there. Yeah. But then the next scene I think is, is probably has more to do with what happens with the plot. Yeah. Um, you know, so he t- so basically Theon says like Yaro is the only one that tried to save me when I was, you know, captured by Ramsey. Um, I need to go save my sister and John is basically like go save your sister. Like, what are you still doing here? What are you still well, doing and, here? and he like tells the him the goddamn John Hughes movie. Can you write that? Like it's like the most John Hughes moment like <laughs> like I just I got to tell her I love her. Well then what are you doing standing what are you here? What you doing here? Go hold the boombox over Seriously, your head. Seriously, man. Um, you know, so but that, I think the big thing there is John for saying as much as I can as I'm able to forgive you for, I forgive you. Yeah. And right. and you don't have to make a choice. You are a great joy and you are a Stark. Yeah. Which again, I think is is huge foreshadowing. Yeah. Right. Um because, yeah. So, uh, you know, so Theon goes and gains the respect of his men. Get, Theon should be a better fighter. I don't think he should. No, I don't think he should at all. Theon was raised at, at Winterfell. It was raised at Winterfell, but... He, he trained was, with the, the, the he, Stark men. But he was always portrayed as being kind of he was good lazy the, and a jokester and no, like... No, 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 no. He was, he was a badass. He was a badass with a bow. 
Right. Like, he, he was he, a warrior. He was a, he was a show-off. Yeah. Not the, which is not the same just, thing. I he was a coxman. I don't... <laughs> not, not, not anymore. No. Um, so sad. But what I actually, what actually, okay. So being so, so then here's my argument to that: being good with a bow and being good with a being good with a sword has absolutely nothing to do with hand to hand combat. Well, I'm sure that I mean, if he's training in those, he's training in hand to hand as well. Well, but after you've been tortured and had your 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 genitals chopped off, yeah, and it's also that I mean, your, he's been, but but magically getting kicked in the nuts makes him stronger. But he's been locked in a he's been locked in in a dungeon. He's been malnourished. He's been okay. Just, just like physics and science alone, the the muscle mass loss that this guy has gone through. I think it's that, but I think <laughs> I think what we're supposed to take from this, if I mean, if if we can go ahead and attach a lot more meaning to a failed knee to the groin. Mm-hmm. Or multiple failed knees of the groin. Nick says the unpulled the Tyler Durden <laughs> <laughs> gets punched in the face, starts laughing. Right, right. But I think I think that what we're supposed to see here is that, and it's really weird to do this around the knee to the crotch, but that knee to the crotch is what is the final true turning point for Theon's character. Mm-hmm. And I don't like. It's kind of like the I've got nothing to lose moment because I've already lost. Well, you know, it's it's. I think I actually think that that what we're supposed to buy here, and I don't like this. By the way, I don't like this. This is just what I think the writers were attempting to accomplish here. Because uh-huh. Theon gets his ass kicked, and the only thing he's managed to do, he's taking the Rocky Balboa approach, where he just gets punched in the face and keeps getting up, and that's supposed to be a strategy for winning. But when he punch him out. Um, yeah, well, he'll eventually get tired of pounding my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, it didn't work for McGregor, and it's not going to work. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, well played. Thank you, thank you. But when he goes to Neem in the crotch and it fails, I think is when we're supposed to see that Theon has realized that the things that he has suffered somehow it still inform who he is, and he is all of these things together, both Greyjoy and Stark, both the tortured and the and the redempted, the redempted and all that mm-hmm. shit. I think we're supposed to take all of this, and this is supposed to be some magical turning point, which is eclipsed in him getting need to the groin, which is stupid. Yeah. But I think it's what I mean, the it was kind of for. funny. But it was. It was it was getting like, kicked in the groin, even if you don't have your balls anymore, still gonna hurt. Yeah. Well I'm assuming he's got literally nothing left. Uh I'm assuming that's his what. legs meet somewhere All right, let's and not, getting hit there is gonna hurt. Let's not waste time on, on, on the status of the genitals. Real quick to that. I was, I saw it not as deep as that, but I saw it as Whoa. he, he finally oh, Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh he found that that was his one advantage. Yeah, that he found the 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 weaknesses in opponent. His, he caught him off guard, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh crap! I can't have that. Ah, I have an advantage. He can't kick me kick me in the nuts." And he used, <laughs> used that moment to strike back. And I think he did. He should have kicked just, him in the nuts, though. That would have been even funnier. That would have been funnier. Okay, as Tyr- as Tyrion said to Euron, I think you should uh, spend your time talking about more pressing matters. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so we move on to the scene, guys. The scene, the big scene. The one where the. The, the dragon? The big anticlimactic no. scene. No, no, no. I know. I was, I was, I was, the scene. scene. If you're going to tell me one thing is the scene, I don't know. If the, okay. I don't I'm, think that was... Anyway. So, uh, you know, so we see... We start off with... We see Sansa standing on the wall, and she's very like, bring my sister to the Great Hall. Right. And, you know, we see this all like, oh, sh... And, and, and up, and I, I need to... So I'm talking about this in hindsight, and I've watched this episode a couple times. I need to let you know that in the moment, I was like... Shit, come on. You can't be serious with this. Because and up it, until the moment that she says what she says, I was, I, they got me. I got God. I was like, God, I can't believe. Uh, but, you know? I think that's when she, she's going, you know what? We played the game earlier. Now I'm playing the game about what Baelish's motives. 
and I've always been you know suspecting him of wrong. But you know what? He just told me to kill my sister. He's got to go. Yeah, bring my I, sister well, no, to Great no, Hall. No, because I think, Boom, I think we're doing this no, now. No, I think that this scene. I don't think that she knows it in that moment. I think that I think that it's been leading up to this, and I think that Brand's been feeding them information this whole time, and I think that that rings true. Otherwise, in why, the why even show us saying tell bring my sister to the hall? That's just a. She has, because to, she has to play it up until the last moment for the guards. You're for just misleading around. your audience at that point. No, well, it, no, it is a bit of misleading your audience. But the reason why I'm 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 somewhat okay with this version is that we know that Littlefinger has got agents everywhere. So so Sansa and Arya don't know who they can trust and who they can't. Yeah. So you can't assume a damn thing. You can't give Littlefinger any indication as to what you're up to until it's too late. Now that plays out and then playing the audience a, a, a bit, but. Right. Okay. No more so than the whole scene with frickin' the hound and the the and the, the frickin' white that fell asleep. All right, so let's... That's why, like, Sansa but, even says, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Oh, no, Arya says. I mean, yeah, Arya says, are you sure you want to do this? Why do you want to do this? I, I think that's playing with the audience. I don't think that's... I, I think they decided long ago. I yeah. think they're playing with Peter. Yeah, absolutely. I think Arya's been trying to talk her into this, and Sansa finally just decided, you know what? It's time. That I'll buy. That I'll buy that Arya's been trying to talk her into it, but I think that Sansa's been part of this the whole time. I think they've been scheming the whole time. Yeah, I think they've been scheming and talking about this, but but I think the decision was made after that. We we gotta dig into this, because we have a lot more episode left, and it's getting late. Um, So... So Arya says, are you sure you want to do this? You know, and Sansa responds with, honor demands that I defend my family from those that would harm us. The, that I defend the North from those that would betray us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and, and I'm watching this and I'm like, and in my head, I'm still thinking that she's talking about Arya and I'm like, what the hell has Arya betrayed about the North? Right. But I mean, like what, like Sansa's being dramatic. You stand accused of murder and treason. How do you plead? Lord Baelish. And <laughs> I literally, I had to text my neighbors and apologize to them for the stream of obscenities that came flying out of my mouth at such a loud volume. I love that when they go over to Baelish, uh, just to go ahead and finish it off, he's he's just gnawing on the wall. Yeah, just like, no, 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 like, no, what? Wait, well, I'm, well, like, like, there's like, there's like bits of scenery falling out of his mouth. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I was over here twirling my mustache. I definitely wasn't about to tie you to those railroad tracks. Um... You know, and so, like, I love that he's, like, he, somebody said that uh, uh, Lord Baelish is the new blinking guy gif. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, wait, I'm sorry, you know, and he's like, he's, you know, and so she starts throwing out all these accusations, you know, you murdered uh, my Aunt Lysa, you conspired to kill John Aaron, you know, you started the War of the Five Kings. You started, yeah, you basically started all this shit, like, you're the reason for all of this, way to go, bro. Um and you know, and then he comes. He, he runs it, to the veil. Well, and just like, like in his yeah, in his moment of desperation, he's like, you know, he goes through everything. Like Lady Sansa, like I would never betray you, this and that, whatever. And then he just finally like gets into like back to the corner. Like none of you saw anything. And Bran's like, hmm. actually, about that. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so then then it's kind of revealed that Bran um, sees everything and saw everything, and so he knows the truth, and so he's fed the truth to his sisters. So. um let me tell you my problem with this because it's never really been widely advertised that everybody else in Winterfell knows that Bran is a green seer and is also the three eyed Raven. Um, so this is my, wasn't it kind of known that he could work before he left? No, I don't no. think so at all that he, he learned. That yeah, yeah. He learned that when he was with Osha. Yeah. Uh, and when he was on his way to the North, you know, when they, because they're, you know, they were the reeds, mm-hmm. um, 
Right. Jojen and Jojen was a green seer. Yeah. Yeah, and this before is before Jojen died. So I here I, I Nah. So this is my issue, and I have a big issue with the way that you know, like obviously, we, I'm so happy that Littlefinger is dead. Like, I, it's like first of all, I won. I called it. I won my who's going to die next <laughs> for the first time for this entire freaking season. Second of all, we've all been waiting for this. We wanted this to happen. He needs to go because he's bad, mm-hmm. you know. But so they are Starks. Jon mm-hmm. Snow upholds Ned Stark's honor and and values, and he's not even a real Stark. And Sansa and Arya are Starks through and through to the core. Mm-hmm. I think Ned would have been so incredibly disappointed in the way this went down because Sansa says, "Oh, you're accused of this," and Bran, who you know says like through magic, "I saw you do all, all of this stuff," mm-hmm. and then Arya slits his throat, and nobody in the room moves or questions it. Um, I it think, bothers me because I don't think that it was accurately I portrayed. I think swift justice has always been done in the North. I don't think swift justice has always been done in the North because Ned has always been the one to cut the head off after the sentence has been passed, after like the person has had time to like sit in their cell and think about what they've done. I, I, yeah, uh, no, 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 Circumstances no, no, no. are a bit different. No, 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 no. Back up. First of all, that's not accurate. Because we first the, meet Ned executing someone. Right. Executing somebody they captured. Yeah. They didn't put him in jail and whatever else. They captured him. I thought you they escaped. held him for a little bit. And no, then... no, no, no. Nope. They, no, they took off his head right then and there. They didn't take him back to King's Landing. They didn't, or sorry, back to, back to Winterfell. They, they took, they all, took his head off for, for deserting the wall. All he ever said about it was that he was going to swing the axe himself. Right. Yeah. That that's what a Stark man does. And now, Sansa is not a Stark man. Well, so, Sansa is the Lady of Winterfell. I don't see the Lady of Winterfell no, no, ever no, no, picking no, no, up no, no. a sword and cutting off somebody's no, head. No, 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 no. That's not what he said. He said that the one who passes judgment should be the one to swing the sword. There was nothing in there about gender right, but if, whatsoever. No, this is important. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's all fine and good. But I still say that if it was Lady Stark, if it had been Catelyn, while Ned was away at, at King's Landing, having to sentence somebody to death, she would not have been swinging the sword. Maybe, maybe not. And but Sansa that's not, is much more her mother than she is her father. And that's fine. But that's not what Ned Stark would have done. Ned Stark would have said, man or woman, if mm-hmm. you, he didn't say if you're the man or whatever. No. He said the one, no, what he said, quoting, was the one who passes the sentence yes. should be the one I'm to swing a, the sword. I'm not debating that with you. So I don't think that Ned was costing, was, was, was drawing a line between the genders there. Ned was not exactly in favor. He, he finally decided to allow Arya to train, but he was not exactly in favor of it. Dad and dad are fighting right now. No, I no. There's no way that he would have been like, no, Sansa, have, you should swing the sword I, because you called out the sentence. No. no nah. See, I this argument between uh, Alan producer Dan brought to you by Bowigans. It's rare, but it happens. Beer. It makes you fight your friends. <laughs> <laughs> that actually. That actually tracks. It does. Uh, <laughs> Although the, you'll find that we'll never pull a knife on each other arguing over Star Trek versus Star Wars. <laughs> that, Damn it! That's what true. a throwback, by the way. That's a good. We that's, both like them both. Oh, that's true. Man. Okay, no, so but, but, I'm right. sorry. I, there, I I I hear what you're saying. My beef was more with Arya not passing the sentence than it was with anything else. I think that the part of the Sansa. thing here, though, Sansa, is that but but Bran. Brand didn't say I'm a green seer and I can see yada yada yada. Brand didn't give any context at all. Brand just said, but that's what I'm saying is that Brand just said, and Brand's been gone for how long? So how the fuck does he know? Well, how does he know that Littlefinger did this stuff and nobody questions it? Nobody says, whoa, 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 wait a minute, children that just chose to execute this adult man? They're not children. They're not children. For all intents and purposes, they're still children compared to the men in the room, the Knights of the Veil. Vale. Wow. 
Somebody just got pure patriarchy here. I wonder what. I, no, uh, okay. Don't even make this a gender thing because it's not a gender. I thing, wonder what but Lady Mormont would say about the that. Older men in the room. Yeah, Lady Mormont is a is a is a very young child female, and that's all well and good, and that's fine. Whatever. We all respect her, and we love her, and she's a great character, fucking great. Uh-huh. But no, I have a huge problem with the fact that like I get it that Sansa is the Lady of Winterfell, and she's standing in as the Lady of Winterfell, but she still has advisors. Yes. Where the were her advisors it's her chief advisor that's on trial right moreover and this is and this is the other piece here you got to remember that it's not, that while Baelish may have been very good at manipulating whatever else it's not like people liked him and I know I know I mean and look the only everybody reason, in that room wanted him dead right there's none of the lords of the north would have given a shit if she if she had just if she just walked up to him in the middle of a meal and stabbed him in the throat the lords of the north would not have done shit about it the only ones that she had to worry about were the folks of the veil vale. trust me this is very conflicting for me as well because I wanted him to die and then and as the soon guy as, from the veil vale never liked him and then as soon exactly. as he, as soon as he was dead I was like I disagree with everything oh no but I wanted him to die I get it it's all very confusing the but biggest, but it's still the biggest problem I actually had with Baelish dying was that this, that Baelish did not, was not, it was from a political move, it was sloppy. Yes. You have nobody, you have a bunch of northern lords there, but Sansa, who is an accomplished uh, uh, strategist when it comes to anything political here, could have used this to great effect with, with, with Cersei. Could have used this to great effect with even with with Daenerys. Like there are so many other things that could have been done by exposing Littlefinger and all that Littlefinger had done, and that that for her to be that quick to just slit his throat. But no, I think her father would have said too that honor demands. Yeah, her father would have said that she swing the goddamn no, sword. No, I don't think that he would have. Okay. He was never going to hand Sansa a sword to do anything. All right, we'll move on. We could spend the next... He wouldn't even say, here, sharpen <laughs> We this. could spend the next hour and a half debating the past 50 years. Right. I have something to show you. It's the next scene. <laughs> 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 so this is another big scene, because we're going to spend 20 fucking minutes on this scene, too. Uh, so Cersei and Jamie. <sighs> this is one of the biggest... The next... You know, we get... We get we're bombarded with, like, huge scene after huge scene after huge scene. So we're recovering from... Holy shit... You know, Littlefinger just got its throat slit. Um, oh, sorry. Very minor note. Arya didn't clean the blade. Yeah, gross, right? She just like stuck that's, it back in her. She <laughs> she whips it clean, but you wipe the blade down. And yeah. that's just, that was sloppy writing. Yeah. Or sloppy blocking, I oh, guess. Oh, by the way, Calvin mentions they weren't there when Ned executed anyone, which is true. In the first episode, the girls were not there. That's true. During the yeah. execution. That, that whole, whoever makes the judgment should swing the blade may not have been a lesson that he imparted to his girls. All right. Yeah. All right. I say, we'll keep moving though. Women, am I right? <laughs> anyway, okay. So Cersei and Jamie um, are are talking. You know, so okay. So 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 Jamie is on the map and he's plotting war because that's what you do mm. when you're like the chief of war. And when 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 your queen just said, "Call all, all of our banners and yeah. tell them that we're going north." Yeah, yeah, you do what she says. So she comes in and goes, "Hey, that thing I said, <laughs> BT Dubs, JK." I was totally playing. <laughs> you were um, always the dumbest of the Lannisters, right? Mm. Like, what a bitch. Like and she and you know and she hates Tyrion and she would say that to Jamie who's supposedly the man that she loves. Well, she's never thought Tyrion was dumb. That's, right. No, that's very true. They've always he does possess a certain to, low cunning. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and so words. Use use your words. So no, while, stop stop purring while while you do that. From a practical standpoint, you said call the banners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said call the banners. I'm doing what you said. So, no, no, the thing is, calling the banners, 
means call all the banners. Call mm-hmm. all the all banners. Of them. So what that means is, from a practical standpoint, Jamie went to some secretary somewhere and said, "Call all of the banners. Send the ravens." And those ravens and those ravens fly at Mach three, as we've already <laughs> discovered. Right. Or, and based on the geography of Westeros, all of the banners are actually there. They've already arrived. <laughs> yeah. Right. They've had fifteen minutes, which gives them enough time for the raven to reach Mach three, break it up. All the Beverly was just moved across, walked across the street, and now they're already yeah, they're like, like waiting outside. Like what the hell, man? Right. They're already summoned and like formed up. Like, yeah. So long, you know, and so, so she talks about, you know, she starts talking about how Jamie's so stupid and it was never my plan to do this. Why would you think that I actually wanted to go to war with, you know, the monsters and fight alongside of my enemies? And what's to say that they're not going to betray us there and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and Jamie's, you see Jamie just kind of be like baffled. And then she talks about the, the mercenaries and how they own the iron bank. Now they've got the iron bank on their side and they've got money and money can buy them an army and they're going to buy, you know, and then she reveals the whole big thing about how Euron was just bluffing and you think that wasn't already planned out. And, you know, no one walks away from me. No one walks away from me. And we see Jamie get angry at her for the first time. Like, you know, you plotted to go buy the golden company and and did it behind Which, the back of you know your your general like and do we all know who the golden company is the ones that were working for uh for Daenerys no the golden company is oh that was different that was the some sons yeah it's a, it's another group of sell swords basically yeah right. the mercenaries and the, but they fought for the I mean, she even says it they fought for Highgarden right. right. No, no 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 they were one of the companies that the, the golden company is from Essos. Yeah. And it, it they are uh, the descendants of offshoot Targaryens. Oh. Targaryens that were basically kicked out of the family that were, were because they because they weren't incesty enough. Were shunned. <laughs> so these are Targaryens basically that she's bringing in with her. To fight against Targaryens? Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, they never dumb. they've never touched that. Either. Right. They haven't gotten into it in the in the TV series as much as they have in the books oh, and stuff. Okay. It's more so, like a company material. Yeah. Stuff. So we see, you know, we see that uh um Cersei basically says and she sent them off she sent Euron off to Essos to go get them to go buy the Golden Company to come fight for them uh, we're going to let the you know we're going to let the monsters fight you know the whole thing about everything's real every, all the stories all the you know the scary bedtime stories that we were read when we were young all the monsters are real dragons are real white walkers are real let's let the monsters fight themselves we're going to stay here and stay alive mm-hmm. you know and Jamie's very like there ain't going to be no here to stay alive in if right. these things come and you know take over right. the the south and um we see you know this is such a powerful moment because you know Jamie's like I'm out I'm done this is you're stupid zombies are where our relationship ends <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> like we'll not hang around to get eaten by zombies um and this is the first time that I think we see Cersei losing power over Jamie, mm-hmm. and I think it's really important because we've been building up to it. Oh, she straight lost like, him. Oh, like Olena got in his head a little bit, and you know we've kind of been seeing him. Like we, he saw the dragon. He saw what Daenerys is capable of, and then he's you know he's obviously shook by the the white in the pit, and mm-hmm. you know J- Jamie's got his head in the game. He's been happy to see Tyrion again. Yeah, like the the two of them have a bond, right? You know, and so, you know, we see, you know, he's like, he's going to leave. And she's like, you, you know, no one walks away from me. You're not leaving. And he's like, what are you going to do? Kill me? And, okay, first of all, who thought that Jamie was about to die? 
yeah. Like so yeah, hard. Those or was about to choke her because she was about I was to like, I was like, oh my God, right. are we going to get the, are we finally going to, but, but Sir Gregor was in the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. How was this going to go down? Right. You know, but I literally thought, you know, and she, and it, so, she, and this is the thing. This is what, what, what bothers me is that he, you know, cause he says basically the same thing that Tyrion says. He says, give the order. And she nods at Sir Gregor and he, but she shows, didn't give a full order. She just said yeah. that was more like a get ready. Yeah. Get right. set. And he pulls his and sword. And she never said go. And then he's like, I don't believe you. And just straight spins on his heel and leaves her in the dust. And I think that you have this really, from a cinematography moment, you have this really great scene of of of, of Cersei walking to stand where, you know, as she watches Jamie leave. And the camera is set up so that you've got this low shot kind of coming up so you see the entire map of Westeros empty in front of her yeah. and then her standing in the background you have the foreground and the midground or this map and the background is, the, is, is, is Cersei standing there almost out of focus a little bit and I think that, that that managed to really communicate how alone Cersei is at this point you yeah. know like that was it that was the last of your and your, her plan is to be alone she's gonna board up the, the doors and stay in King's Landing right at this is, point yeah. It's not a great plan. No, no not, um, not really great. But yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, we get this really eerie, ominous scene after Jamie walks away from her and it's, it's snowing in King's Landing. Right. Mm-hmm. Winter is here, you know, and that's, that was creepy. And I thought that was a really beautiful shot. And I thought that was a really powerful. Cause they've even said only in the hardest winters that it's actually snows in King's Landing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's basically, it's snowing in Florida right now. It's basically yeah. what's right. happening. You right. Know? Yeah. So I think that we kind of see like, th- this is bad. This is very bad. But now what do we make of, of, of Jamie riding off literally by himself though? Yeah. I would have thought he would have t- taken Braun. Well, I, m- more than that, like if, if Jamie, if Jamie wants to make the difference here, Jamie wants to do what he's going to do. He could rally the troops. He, he could, he should be rallying something like one more sword is not going to be what makes the difference. I mean, he's not I even that see, great of a swordsman anymore. But I don't anymore. think at that point, I think he's leaving her with whatever troops are left behind because he's just kind of like done with all of that because he knows that she's got her hand in that, but they would follow her orders before they followed his orders. I think Jamie's choosing his side at this point. I think he's riding off to go find Daenerys and John. And I think he's, oh, he's going straight them. for Winterfell. Yeah. No, no, I, that was I, the I, plan. You know I mean? That was the plan that he was laying out with the generals. I think that's, I think that's symbolic. How we're going to all get to Winterfell. And right. yeah. And that's, yeah. The, so, so, uh, why did they focus on Jamie's golden hand? He's covering, he's covering, he's covering his it. golden hand because, that's you a, know, gold always has symbolized the Lannisters. And I think that's kind of the final, like he's just, he's, he's he removing himself. He can from, blend into a crowd. Not a lot of people throughout the country necessarily know exactly what he looks like. True. They just know that okay, he's a blonde guy with a gold hand. Yeah, that's fair. But also I, th- I saw that as very symbolic. Of I think him, it was also symbolic. Oh, yeah. Covering yeah up, I think both. You know, You're his both piece of, you know, he's, he's not just, a Lannister anymore. It just, it just, it strikes me as odd that, you know, the guy with that much influence, I mean, he's not, he's not a great swordsman. You know, he's a decent strategist. Yeah. He's not that great of a swordsman. So really what would have been more helpful is for you to grab some goddamn soldiers. Yeah. You know, like that. Yeah. Or at least Bronn. Or I think at it was least, very- I mean, I think it was very emotional. I don't think it was. I don't sure, think it was like so an much. impulsive choice. Sure, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. It was yeah. weird. So, um, so then we get to uh, Bran and Sam, 
So Sam shows up finally. It's so dumb. <laughs> Sam's reactions to everything in the scene are amazing. Oh my god! You know, so Brandon and Sam, oh. Brandon and Sam reunite, and uh, and I like this because Brandon still has a sense of humor. Yeah, we we get less creepy time with Brandon and more like kind of funny time with Brandon. Yeah, we actually managed to surpa- we have a scene with Brandon where he's not being super creepy, and yeah. a scene with Sam where there's nothing horrifically gross going on. Right. Uh, so we're done with gross time other with Sam, than, and we're done with creepy time with Brand. Well, other than the blatant misogyny, where we skipped over the part that uh, that Gilly was the one who gave Sam all the information. Right. Ugh. We won't get into it. I want to get into it. Won't we? It would have taken more time to explain. My ears hurt. Right. So anyway, so well, and and again, the, here's this is one of my biggest issues with this with the with the show and the series and the season and and this episode in general is that. Mm-hmm. We ran out of time, and then it was just like everything all at once. Quick! Oh crap! We got to wrap up the episode. Right. Give them all the information that we've been building up for seasons and seasons and seasons. Well, they've been teasing this information throughout this season they have. pretty regularly. They have, but it was it like makes sense to kind of so, end on the reveal. So, um, so you know, Sam asks Bran, like, "Hey, what have you been up to uh, since the last time I saw you?" And Bran's like, "I became the Three Eyed Raven," and Sam just bless his heart. Oh. oh. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. You know, and it was just, it was so cute. It was such a funny moment. Um, you know, and then I love that, you know, he's all like, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, John and Daenerys have met and they're, they're riding towards Winterfell. And so after Bran explains like what the three eyed raven is, and then Sam's like, you saw all that in a vision? And then Bran kind of smirks and like holds up the scroll. Right. <laughs> no, you idiot. He said a raven. I could read. Like, weren't you the one that took care of the ravens at the wall? Don't you know? Um, do you even raven, bro? Do you even raven, bro? Um, you know, Oh, and so then, you know, Bran just jumps right into like, oh, we need to let John know who he really is. And Sam's like, say what? And Bran's like, oh, he's a sand because he was born in Dorne because Ned's not his real father. So which is a weird thing for him to randomly choose to share with Sam. Right. So here's my thing and why it's a it's a weird thing for him to ran, randomly choose to share with Sam in the first place. And so at, up until this point, Bran is like, uh, yeah, John is not Ned Stark's son. He's a sand. He's a Dornish bastard. He's the son of my Aunt Lyanna and Rhaegar Targaryen, but he's a bastard. And then Sam's like, oh, wait a minute. I interpreted this diary that said that there was a secret wedding. Can't you see that? And Bran's like, oh, oh, hold up. Let me, uh, let me tap into that scene really quick. Like, he hasn't already, like... And so, okay, so... Well, I don't think he's omniscient. I don't think that he has... Right, and this is... And all this is all like, of the information coming to him at all times. He's got to seek it out. They haven't explained, like, like specifically how the green seeing works. Right. Like, he does have to seek it out. But don't you think he would have sought that out? Not necessarily. Like, what no, do you, if you, like, if you don't just, know it's there, you don't know what you're looking for. Right. Because you have to say, like, like, I feel like I would have wanted a little bit more information. I would have wanted to He's been told know. his whole life that she was raped. He's been, yes. So, so what's he don't just go you think, back to the rape scene? Well, he watched his sister get raped. That was live streaming. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not okay. on the DVR. Okay. <laughs> he's not going to, he's not going to look up rape on the DVR. That is officially the grossest thing. <laughs> That's been said this episode. <laughs> this horrifically uncomfortable moment brought to you by Boeing. Boeing did Beer. I go? Did I do something? Did I go to bargain? Beer will make you laugh about rape. <laughs> oh, 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 no, but for real. No, I, I do think I do think that, that what they did here is while this was an obnoxious info dump, it was a necessary info dump, and I think it establishes some actual parameters around Brand's abilities. First, we know that Brand doesn't have the ability to see into the future. Because he specifically says the the past, the future, present. I can see the present. I can see the past. Right. But it also shows that he has to go, he has to know what he's going to look for. Like, he's found some stuff just by 
guessing just by going mm-hmm. with off of you know feel you know yeah but to actually find the specifics around this and i think it makes sense because i mean I, I'm, I'm i'm in agreement with dan here um it's not just that you gotta remember that this isn't just about his his brothers his bastard brother's birth this is also about the origins of robert's rebellion the origins of all of these things all come back to this single moment mm-hmm. and i don't think that the, the the show manages to quite communicate how heavy that is and how big that is but mm-hmm. robert's rebellion the king's slayer all of the events that led up to where we start in the books all of that information was all based on a lie Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that single piece is a huge, huge. I mean, everything else after it. But if you don't know that that's a lie, that's just history. That's what happened. You know, you wouldn't go. You don't need to go back to go see it. You already know that that piece is there. So aside from like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to go check it out. There's not real much. There's no real much to go there. And it wasn't until yeah. Sam provides some context here that Bran's able to jump back and go take a gander. At yeah, it. these two had the two most important pieces to this puzzle. Yeah, right. So, so we put the puzzle pieces together. So, so his real name is Aegon. His real name is Aegon. How do we feel about that? So he was named after his uncle that was killed as a baby. No, 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 no. Aegon, no. Aegon is the King Arthur of Aegon Targaryen. Is the King? Well, that Arthur was Aegon the first. But there was also he had a, an uncle. There, there was a baby that the Mad King had that was supposed to have been killed by the Mountain. But that's that doesn't translate. That was into named the, Aegon. That never made it into the show. That was Rhaegar's. Rhaegar's first. Yeah, with the Dornish wife. Okay, so he named it after his kid from his other marriage. But remember that that doesn't make it into the show. Right. Well, here's the thing. The point is that he was named after Aegon, presumably after Aegon the first. Yeah. Right. Aegon the so, Conqueror. Aegon the Conqueror. Aegon the basically again is like a King Arthur type type character in, yeah. in Westeros. Yeah. Um, which I think is not a, is not an accident. Because remember, Dan, if you remember in the books, Aegon is alive, and the baby that the mountain smashed right. against oh, the wall right. was not really. But everybody thought that's who it was. Everybody thought it was who it was. Right. But but this is strictly in the books. That character never made it into the into the show. I'm not sure that that that, that George R. R. Martin knows what to, knew, knew what to do with that character he created anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it might have been a simplification for the TV show. Right. It's like a book red herring or something. Um. So anyway, so. <laughs> So we get this overload of information and we get the reveal of John's true identity. Whoa. This is just such a slap in the face to everyone who's been waiting for Danny and John to hook up like the whole time. Because we get it as they're Because we get it up. as they're like having sex, as brands like they're related, as they're doing it. And it's like, oh, just in case you forgot that this is really gross. That's why he was like, oh, we got to tell him before he does it. <laughs> before he does something terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've man. heard his aunt is really hot. We better tell him quick. <laughs> tell him, hurry up. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. This episode also brought to you by Kit Harrington's Perfect Ass. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's funny. That's not where I was looking. I, it ah. was. It was a perfect ass. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Well, it's not like we got a... Anyway. Um, uh, it has not been confirmed on the internet yet if that was him or if that was a butt double. Photoshopped. <laughs> no, no, no. He used a butt double in uh, I forget which in 2014. I forget which season it was, but uh, the, the the cave scenes that wasn't his real butt in those scenes. So maybe he's been doing some squats for a couple years. Oh, uh, had to try uh, to work it up too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so but the, the, how did we feel about the way this was revealed? I, I was fine with it. Yeah, I don't know. Look, it's an info dump. 
And anytime you have to do this heavy exposition dump, you have to find a way to try to make it somewhat interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I see why they did what they did. To me, the interesting thing was not that. It's what the fuck Tyrion's doing. Right. Yeah. Cause what was that look about? Here's the thing. To me, there's only, there's only two, possible connect, two possible reasons. One, he's in love with Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Which it or John, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, uh, have you seen that booty though? Right. Which which we've gotten no indication of at any other point here. He's never shown any romantic interest in Danny at all. So that's kind of just an out of the blue piece. He suggested this, um, right? Yeah. You know, or or uh, he's feeling guilty, uh, presumably about something. Presumably about maybe the thing with the the thing with uh, with Cersei. So the theory that I've heard so far. Is that we're almost to the end of the of the episode, so we can yeah. whatever we can do theories right now. Uh, so the theory that I've heard so far is that uh, Tyrion has promised Cersei that her child will be the heir to the throne. So, like, do we think that he betrayed Daenerys and promised her that? Like, do we think that he uh, would flip that far? Because because he believe he really does truly like believe in Danny. And uh-huh. even think about it before he even enters the chamber with Cersei, he says to, to John, like, "Do you ever consider lying? Uh-huh. Like, did he just right. go straight lie to his sister? I don't know. Is he like worried that they're making a baby? I don't know. It's weird. Now I have to wait five hundred and fifty five days, or give or take, since six hundred minutes. Um, yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I just that that scene was weird, and that scene was kind of out of nowhere. I'm assuming it's because he and Cersei did the did worked out some kind of a deal, and yeah. it's going to create. I just feel like at this point we're manufacturing conflict. Yeah. Um, yes. Be- because here's the thing: even if you told Jon Snow, like afterwards, if Jon finds, because I think part of the thing that they're trying to do here is they're trying to push. I mean, the incest piece is kind of like this afterthought, but what they're trying to push here when with with this juxtaposition of these two scenes is that Jon is the in fact legitimate heir to the Iron Throne. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about this is nothing in John's personality or makeup suggests that he would give a shit. Right? Like, do we, like, okay, it's like he's going to find out that he's the true heir. Do you think he's even going to want to be king? No. And I think that we see that, like, when he, when they're sailing up on King's Landing and he's like, oh, people actually live here and enjoy it. Like, no, he wants his quiet home in the country. He's, he he, didn't want to be the king in the north. Right? He didn't want to be the, he was was wicked excited to be a, uh, 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 at the wall. Ned right. didn't want to be the hand of the king wanted. when Robert asked him to. He yeah. didn't want to be the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. You know? He didn't want to say he's never so what I'm concerned about here is if they're gonna to try to come back next season and tell me that suddenly John and Danny are gonna be in conflict because John is the actual John doesn't give a shit. No. He no. may give a mm-hmm. shit about the incest thing, but Yeah. He, well I think that's a bigger part is he's gonna find out who he is and he's gonna go. Eh, i mean i don't think he's gonna care (laughs) i just i don't think i just think i don't think john snow's character would actually give a damn at this point yeah like he doesn't i mean he's good they've got the army of the dead while marching on them that's what they care about yeah Uh, so anyway so that so there you go everyone you got your you got your sex scene you feel really Mm -hmm. good about how much you enjoyed watching an aunt and a nephew have sex you feel good about that yep cool Anyway, Toke's moving, good. Moving on, this show has ruined me because I was just like, neat. That's normal. Um, so, and then so we get kind of like the second to last scene here. So we see Sansa and Arya kind of recapping, like, "Hey, we just murdered some dude. How do you, yeah? You doing all right?" And it's you know, it's like they all they like each other again. And I think this is the scene that kind of proves like that. 
you know, they can breathe a sigh of relief. What they've been planning this whole time has come to fruition. And, um, sloth Targaryen heir to the Iron Throne. There's this whole thing going on in the chat right now about how, uh, if Dan and Johnny make a baby because it's incest, it's going to be named sloth Targaryen. (laughs) Hey, you guys. (laughs) Now, come on. The, like, Jamie and, and Cersei made two, two out of three of those kids were fine. Yeah. 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 So, oh, Danny's fine. Yeah, it's true. Also, you know, I mean, you're getting some fresh. I mean, and that's like, like, I don't, I don't want to call it incest light, but it's like, I mean, twins made two normal kids, but light light incest, light incest, Incest zero. They've diet incest. incest. I've seen on Reddit people have tracked the ancestry of of the two of them. Yeah, and figured out that they share about fifty five percent of their DNA, Oof. which is like brother and sister much more than it is aunt and uh, nephew. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> uh, okay. Because of all the incest and, and inbreeding yeah. in the, the right. Targaryen line. So anyway, okay, so Sansa and Arya, <laughs> and then we get the whole, you know, they were reminiscing about Ned again. Like, everybody right. loves Ned so much, which I think is great because we do love Ned so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get the whole, you know, the lone wolf dies but the pack survives and all mm-hmm. that you know so we're bringing it roll bringing credits it, bringing it back around no, no not no, roll no. credits I, oh. I was kidding i was kidding oh. like they, it just felt like that was where you would roll credits like yeah. a traditional like but of course it's not where yeah. you roll credits right. because then we go to the wall yes i did not forget about the fucking ice dragon uh it's not an ice dragon it's okay. a white dragon it's just a, it's just a dead dragon okay. it's a white dragon that sure. was not ice okay Okay, can we just okay, like okay, everyone watch let's, the episode. We don't need to break this let's, down. Well, let, let, let's the recap dead, this. The army of the dead come out. Tormund is standing on the wall. We see him saying, "Oh, the the, the crows tell me that we'll all get used to it." And Barrack's hanging out with Tormund, and they're there chilling at Eastwatch. And then we see the army of the dead come out, and everyone's like, "Oh crap, what do we do now?" And then the dragon shows up, and the dragon starts effing up the wall. Is Tormund dead? No, no, Tormund is not dead. Tormund got to the other side of the wall that didn't fall down. I'm hoping so. And why would the Lord of Light have brought Beric Dondarrion back so many times just to die falling at the top of the wall? You, they're two. They're two main characters. They have a bigger part in what's happening, and we didn't see them die. And I think everything um, that we've seen so far, if you don't see them die, they're not dead. And sure, we even yeah. saw Jon Snow die, and he wasn't dead. So right, like, right. you know what I mean. I think. I think that. I think I that's. Think, I think Barrick's going to be really important for next season. Yeah, I don't believe for a goddamn a minute sword. that either one of them are dead. Okay, and then that's fine. I'm saying that that's that's that. I think is the only that that's the the the, the lesser of the points. But I think yeah. that one's got to be at least addressed. Yeah. The rest of this is obviously the dragon. Yeah. And there's so much like Azora High stuff that comes back to Barrick Dondarrion and all that other stuff that it's there's too much between those two to just fall off the, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the wall. So the dragon that breathes blue fire magic when we thought it was going to be an ice dragon of all of the things that this show has shown us. The thing that you can't suspend disbelief about is the white dragon breathing blue stuff. No, no, no. It's not that I can't suspend disbelief. I'm just saying that like there's no, I'm t- no, I'm not, just not, just, I don't, I'm not bullshitting the fact that it's breathing blue stuff. I'm saying that the debate was between is the dragon going to breathe ice or fire? And we all thought that the dragon was going to breathe ice being a dead dragon in the song of ice and fire. And it's not breathing ice. It's breathing fire. Based on what? It was fire. You saw it. No, I did. I'm sorry. No, I saw blue stuff. Yeah. I did not. I saw blue. That looked, like, that looked very much like when Superman blows cold breath at something. No, I didn't because there was no frost and the there wall. There was no flame. There's frost everywhere. It's the, the wall melted. No, no it fell. No, no, no. It crumbled. No, the wall crumbled. It, it didn't did melt at all. Melt. No. 
Yes, because here's here's my bigger here's my bigger beef. Uh, if you haven't checked out, if you haven't checked it out, there's a, a on Nerdist on YouTube. You can check out Because Science mm-hmm. with Kyle Hill, and uh, he actually does a whole episode on Because Science about how many dragons it would take to bring down the wall, and you kind of do the science here, and it doesn't it doesn't track. I don't think it was ice though. My point is, is that I don't think the and 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 Calvin. Okay, so Calvin's like watching and chatting right now, and you will you will. Like talk to him when you see him okay, in the office. Wh- is that he was he <laughs> was like we had an argument where he was like, no, the dragon's gonna breathe fire. Why would the dragon bring breathe fire? It's stupid. And I was like, uh, no, idiot. The dragon's gonna breathe ice because it's a song of ice and fire. And I'm even saying, no, that dragon was not breathing ice. That dragon was breathing fire. Well, well first off, the dragons are fire brought to life. Is how they're described. Yeah. And when you see the the icicle in the last episode pierce him it flames come out fireball right okay now he's been touched by uh the night's king so he now is a white so he's a white dragon he's not an ice dragon he's not a regular dragon he's a white dragon right and so just like the blue eyes it's blue breath and it's cold it's not cold. I don't understand what we It's can't... not cold. It's not... I... See, here's my thing, too, is because so the, when the fire dragons breathe fire and kill people with fire, we watch people catch on fire and melt. I feel like if they wanted to make their point that it was breathing ice, that he would have breathed ice on people and they would have frozen in, in... He didn't breathe... The dragon didn't breathe on anybody. It didn't attack anybody. The, it was there to that, knock down the wall. No, but that's my point, is I feel like if it was really ice, they would have driven the point home and they would have made it more obvious that the dragon was breathing ice. The dragon wasn't breathing ice. He was if breathing the, if blue the dragon, fire. If the dragon was breathing fire, there would have been buffets of steam super hot fire is blue yeah sure that's also true no no absolutely but if the dragon was breathing fire onto ice the ice we would see we would see liquid and we would see gas okay and we would see the, the, the wooden supports catching fire okay but if the dragon was breathing ice onto ice he'd have been adding layers to the goddamn no, wall he was attacking he was piercing into it knocking it down it's an energy blast anyway. i don't think i don't think the show has given us it was a hadouken I don't think right. Well, the Hadouken is also blue. Oh my yeah. God! Is the dragon over nine thousand? <laughs> he I found all the balls. You, you're mixing your Street Fighter and your Dragon Ball, yeah, which is super Careful. embarrassing for you. Uh, <laughs> but the, but the, the, here's what I'm saying: is it, it's an energy blast. I don't think they give us any information as to whether or not it's fire or ice. That's why I said blue fire magic. I mean magic, sure, but I'm which I, no. But the thing about this is that actually kind of annoys me. Why? Uh, because it was a, sh- uh, that they should have, it- okay, but they've got a whole nother season to explain it. Do they have to show everything and explain everything in one episode? If you're gonna, sh- you don't have to explain a damn thing, but when you shoot this, you're going to tell me, here's the thing. This wall has stood for thousands of years or however long it's been standing there, right? Uh-huh. One dragon by itself just took out the whole, a whole goddamn section. No, it took matter- out like, it took out like 300 feet at the end of a 300 mile wall. That's fine. And that's why they went to Eastwatch. If you notice, they didn't go to Castle Black and attack it in the middle of the wall. They went to the very end and knocked off the end of the like wall the, so like they the could get through. Like the part. Yeah. Don't care. Dragon came through and took down this magic wall that's been up for thousands of years in the space of what looks like maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, but yeah. you have no idea because of the way that the show is and the way time passes. That dragon could have been blowing on that wall for like for three weeks. hours. Two Wait. weeks. Just sitting there and Tormund's like, okay. oh, what do we do? Or or two seconds because really it could go the other way too. Right. But, exactly. but I just, I mean, I think that that part right there, that bothered me. I liked the theories that I was seeing that Bran having passed underneath the wall gave the Night King access or the, the magic or whatever, but they didn't do any of that and this is part of what you were saying earlier about having coming back for, and doing this right, for pure, t- pure TV yeah. is that they don't they, 
I want I wanted a better explanation as the to fan, what was going on. That's what on. the fans wanted. The fans like from last episode were like, "Ooh, Dundead Dragon. Ooh, the Night King used the Undead Dragon." Like, and I just I, okay. No offense to anyone that has not read the books and only watches the show because I just got a little snobby and I apologize. Uh-huh. But the writing <laughs> I'm going to continue being snobby. But I'm going to continue being snobby because the writing at this point is driven towards TV ratings and not towards giving us It's driven a towards story. the bullet points that they were given by George. Right. They, all I'm saying but is that that they, doesn't mean that they're they making... That, and the, the, the dragon was clearly a bullet point. I, do you think it was, though? Absolutely. They said oh, we had sure. to do this. Oh, so we sure. did it in the most believable way we could. Did you, though? <laughs> that was the most believable way. Last week. Last week. Oh. Turning the dragon. Got you. Got you, got you, got you. Was something that they had to do. Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely part of the book. But using the dragon to take down the wall. Probably also going to be part of the book. Wait, 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 wait. It's going to have to do, do it now. And here's my question is that, okay, if, we, if we're going to get the books, if we're going to get the books post-show, how much of the books are now going to be influenced by the shit that was written for HBO? Not very little. Well, okay. Let me address Not very that little second. or very little? Very little. Okay. Okay. First off, you've got this wall that has been up for thousands of years that has been talked about since the very first episode, you they knew from the very beginning the wall had to fall on the last episode of the penultimate season. That was the deal mm-hmm. when they got the show. This has been part of it the entire time. The dragon and the wall falling were the two bullet points that they had for the end of this season, clearly. This I, is all uh, this is going to be in the next book. But absolutely, but why? But how and, the wall comes down? I don't think absolutely. has to be from random blue energy bolts from a single dragon taking down the whole goddamn wall. I'm sure that he will explain a little bit more in depth what is coming out of the mouth, just because as a description you have to versus a visual. And at that point, that's fine. And, and but if who you, knows? If, episode three of next year, we could see that ice dragon in uh, halfway down the King's Road towards King's Landing, and when it blasts a bunch of people standing on the road, they turn to ice. We don't know, because we have only had about three minutes of this dragon pushing blue stuff out of its mouth. So yeah. they haven't had time to explain that to us and the physics of it and how it all works. They could have shown... Or magic. Now, as far as the books being influenced by the show, I think that either, A, George is just never going to write the books. Oh my God, please don't say that. I want to throw up right now. <laughs> I think that's the biggest likelihood. Or B, he's going to look at the show and either decide, I can do better than how they filled in these gaps, or I can't. I no George. I think George Martin. And if he thinks he can do it better, he'll do it better. If he d- doesn't think he can do it, he's going to leave it alone and let some of his co-writers and other people that have helped him out finish the books after he dies, so that his name isn't on it. Mm. I think George R. R. Martin has already mapped out every detail. I, I, Details. I, no, I don't it, think it, he has because if you read no. interviews with him, when he says why he hasn't released the books, and when people are asking for dates and he, and he doesn't, why he doesn't give release dates is because he says, you know, I write the books as the story comes to me and. Mm. it'll come out when it comes out. He mm. has no idea. He, he, has, does, he doesn't have this mapped out. And he has the flagpole moments, the things that really matter towards the end game planned out. But, but all the side okay, conversations, but, okay, so, but all consider, the little no, details. I, I retract that. Okay, but then considering his writing style then, so, so, okay, so he gave them flag points. He gave them bullet points. Uh-huh. But he's actually come out and made statements about how he writes as, as it comes to him. Yeah. And, he does, and he likes to let the stories unfold the way the stories are going to unfold when he's writing. So he, he was forced to give them bullet points that he may have changed in his writing of the stories, of oh, the I books. Think so. I think so, because I think, I think that he was forced to give The overall plan he's had from the beginning. I don't buy it. 
I don't buy it. And the I think, overarching, I think, the, he's the beginning, middle, and end of the story. I think he's known since the very beginning. He's already said he knows the six characters from the first episode that are going to be alive in the last episode. Sure, that I like agree every with. Little but thing like but that. details like like a like a dragon that breathes. What the hell? We don't know. Taking down the wall in thirty seconds. I don't that. think that he knew that moment. And okay. I think that they were. And I think that that corner. was a TV moment. They were forced to do this. I don't. I think. All right, I'm pausing you guys. We could again. I'd rather go back and argue about Littlefinger anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think, but that that did it. So that was our season. Yeah, so that was it. So um, I don't want to play Who Dies Next because we're, I mean, yeah, it's 558 no. days in the future. Give who, or take. Who knows if we'll even still like each other and be doing a podcast <laughs> together by then. I mean, I will be. <laughs> um. I don't know. What do you What do you guys want to do? So, I don't want to talk theories because do we have too long. I don't want to talk. Like, no, I think we have to. I think we have to do. I have to do some theories for what's going to happen next. I think that's the only thing. That's the only sure. thing left to do. All right. So I think so. Oh, um, uh, hold on. We got to do a little bit more of you know nothing, Kelsey Rose. Um, so I don't really have any good text because okay, let me first let me tell you that this bitch caught up so fast. Like when yeah. we started doing you know nothing, Kelsey Rose, we did it on season seven episode three we did it on our third aim of aims on thrones segment four weeks ago so four weeks ago she She started started. on episode one season one last night she watched season seven episode three wow wow like holy binge batman good good job she does not have children uh no she doesn't have children however however uh, herein lies the problem with binge watching is that she was sending me text messages um as she was st- starting to watch season, like she was at the end of season six and like starting to get into the beginning of season seven. Uh, she sent me a text message that said, wait, there's two Cleganes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You, you she know, knows nothing. Girl, you, please. You, you know nothing. Kelsey Rose. And then she got to the tower scene and she was very confused as to what that all meant. And so I had to explain. I don't think that's very clear at all. If you have, no, a, it's not. And uh, this, and, and the tower yeah. of joy. Yeah. yeah, and this kind of shows, you know, like what we know in the background from reading the stories and then investing our time in the show over a number of years. And then someone binge watching Game of Thrones, they're like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Um, so she didn't catch on that, you know, we were alluding to John's true heritage in that scene. And it wasn't, you know, so it just kind of shows it. it's not very mapped out well in the show. It's not explained very well in the show. Right. Like we got, we had filler, we had background, we had years of theories and speculation on that. You know, well, yeah, I, mean? I think at that point that was a tap, uh, a tip of the hat towards the book readers yeah. and the people that have done the research yeah. and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's why them spelling it out here in this last episode. Right, it's necessary for it those of us. For everybody. Yeah, that those of us. So, what's know. our theories? Um, so uh, I I don't know. I don't have a lot. I mean, I still think I still okay, think I think that Jamie leaving. I still I still am holding true to my theory that Jamie's going to be the one that kills Cersei. I think him walking away from her was step one. I think that was. I think Jamie walking away from Cersei was beat one. Sure. Of the three beat of mm-hmm. him killing her. Sure. Okay. Um, that's really the only theory that I have left. Um, I think that Theon, I think Theon saves Asha. Okay. And I think that Yara. That, was it? Yara. Oh, Yara. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, Asha's her name. Right. Yara's Sorry. her show name. Theon saves Yara. Yeah. And I think that that disrupts the entire Golden Company. I don't Ooh. think that because, because in order to save Yara, I mean, they're not going to like... He's not going to see him. That means killing uh, Euron. Euron. I think Euron's going to die. And yeah. I think that at that point, Yara takes over. Uh, and then I, I think that, that that changes everything. 
Yeah. So I think that I don't think I don't think the Golden Company if the either either the Golden Company is never going to show up or the Golden Company is not coming for Cersei. Yeah. Um, I think that the Golden Company then gets rerouted. I don't know if they're going to get into the Targaryen lineage piece here. I think that may be a couple beats too deep for the TV show, but um, I think that that's a big piece for me. I think Grayscale is coming back. You think so? I think that's got to come back in some way. I think just sending Jorah away for a few episodes was would would be a waste, especially because of if you go back to the scene where they where he first got it when they're going through old Valeria. Um, there's a lot of talk of there's something dangerous here. There's something that's going to come. I think there's something out of old Valeria because that's also the roots of Danny and John. See, I, I disagree because I don't, I think that was a book piece. That's not going to make it. I hope they bring it back some way in the show. Calvin says, uh, the golden company has elephants. Do elephants agree with boats? <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, Ask Noah. Nick says Theon dies saving Yara, which I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I, yeah. I agree with Nick. That would make a lot of sense. And a moment of actual bravery. Yeah. Uh, Tormund becomes the new Sir Friend Zone. <laughs> Jamie will die in Brienne's arms? That's an interesting thought. Hmm. Hmm. But I, I think, think Jamie might live. I think Jamie may be. I think Jamie's. Redem- I think Jamie might be the surviving Lannister. I think I think Tyrion might die, and I think Jamie might be the, the last Lannister. Hmm. Possibly. I still but- like my Arya killing her with his face. Thing. Yeah, I'd love that. Play out next year. I, I'd love that idea, but I don't know that it's. Gonna I don't happen. know because I, don't, I think Arya might be done stealing faces. Because now she's just killing people as herself. Then what's the point? Uh-huh. What was the point of that whole thing if she's never going to use it again? Uh, the phrase, the book. I mean, there's a problem too. There's 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 so much bloat in the books, and this is why I'm, I'm retracting. I, I know I know that I'm disagreeing with myself from earlier, but when you pointed it out and it made me stop and think about it. George R. Martin hasn't planned the shit out, so there's a whole bunch of bloat sitting there that made it into the show because I think even D and D thought that they actually had the, uh, a plan here, and the, that, that that George R. R. Martin had a plan here, and now we're like, or not? Yeah, well, could be. Uh, and it's a shame because I think you're right. I think there's a lot of interesting things to do with old Valeria and with Grayscale. <laughs> I think there's a ton of interesting th- things that could be done with a faceless man, and I don't think they're gonna. I don't think we're gonna see him. I think John is gonna become the next Night King. Calvin says Aegon marries his cousin Sansa, <laughs> <laughs> and you get a different spin on the Targaryen yeah. uh, Stark alliance. Now, what do we think about the theory that Bran is in fact the Night King? Have we have we heard this it. one? I don't buy that. Uh, the Night King is um, Darth Maul, guys. Right, I saw that. We're getting a really, there. really sick crossover. I did see a season. really cool video. I think I posted it on the Slack channel. Um, this guy was saying basically that his theory is that when Bran had the vision where he saw the Night King being born, for lack of a better term, yeah, when they pushed the the obsidian in his chest, um, he says to Leaf, um, "You made the White Walkers," mm-hmm. and she's like, "Yeah," but she wasn't in the the, the vision. She didn't know what he saw. Right. I think he so she was, just admits to what she did. Right. What she was what he was seeing was her making the Night King, not making the first White Walkers. I think the White Walkers and the Whites have been around a long time. They had the the they were there for the war with the the first men and everything. Yeah. And then that was Asora High. That was the the last hero yeah. that was being turned into the Night King to turn them and make them go back north and save everybody. Yeah. Now something's happened. That's pissed him off. He's coming down. And I think in the end, 
the children of the forest are going to turn John into the new Night King, and he's going to lead the whites away. Oh, man. Do you th- I, like, I never thought about the fact that maybe like someone else will have to turn into... Right. Oh. Just like uh, Uncle Benjamin. Oh. Um... Or it's like it's like I'll, the whole the whole Pirates of the Caribbean Davy Jones theory. Yeah. Like somebody's got to. I'll buy. I'd buy that perhaps in the books. I don't buy it in the show. No. I, and I, then Daenerys I'll hits to rule a little bit. Daenerys rules, and John becomes the Night King and goes up there. Oh, that's just interesting. Seems, hang on, hang on. That's stupid. Here's the thing. Thanks. If you, I'm sorry, <laughs> right? no, no, like, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Not the, not, not the theory, but okay. If not the we, theory, but you. <laughs> <laughs> this insult brought to you by Boys. I've had too much beer tonight. <laughs> the, here's the thing. If you control the army and you know that fire stops the army and the army, you uh-huh. have to do something with this giant army, of the undead. Mm-hmm. So just like, uh, this giant army is incredibly dangerous and it can't, and, and we, and it has to be stopped. Uh, it can be stopped by fire. I control all of them and can make them do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Mar- march them into fire. Yeah, but this could be some uh, Star Wars thing where there has to be balance in the Force, and there's. Ah. Just saying. No, listen. I just think too is like, oh, don't get me wrong. It's a song Chon- of ice no. and fire. It's all about balance. I get yeah. it, it. That is that's. If there is such an obvious solution to this problem, if this guy's been, and then maybe true, maybe this guy marched, was up there, was up north for thousands and thousands of years and suddenly realized, wait, wait, fire kills these assholes? Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's go, everyone. We're going south. We're going to find some fire. I'm going to wrap this shit up. Like, you know what I mean? So like, the Night King Well, is he might evil? have Stockholm Syndrome. He's he, just he, annoyed. He's, like, no, I just, by now he's become one of them. He he's been there too long. I just I I don't know. That's that, and then it's his own stupid ass fault. Because if, if if he's a good guy and fire can stop this undead army, then you march it into fire. Yeah, it's not like fire is that hard to find. I uh, maybe not in the very very frigid far north, but if he's but you march out, you find some fire, and you say you know you go like, hey guys, listen, I've got a problem. These guys they're gonna evil and shit. So I need you guys to build a big ass fire. Mm-hmm. You know, like b- boom. Then why didn't the children of the forest do that? I don't know because nobody because it's a plot hole is what I'm gonna is what I'm saying. Like, okay, if it is, then it's a also the children of the forest are obviously very emotional and impulsive. Oh yeah, right, (laughs) right. Everyone on the show is. Yeah, right. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. All right. I mean, three hours and fifteen minutes. That's not bad. Yes, it is. That's the worst we've done. Okay. Uh, I think I'm I'm, I'm out of theories. You were here last week. (laughs) You're damn right. Uh, I'm out of theories. Are we out of theories? Yeah, that's it. I'm out of theories. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna say yes. Okay. We're out of theories. So that's it, guys. Uh, this has been fun. This yeah. is this has been a ton of fun. It's been late, and I know that we're all very tired, um, but our listeners don't know that because they listen whatever time they want to, <laughs> unless they're listening live, which is really cool. Yeah, no, this has been really fun. Um, I'm glad it's over, but I'm very sad that it's over, um, mm-hmm. and I'm you know just kind of generally sad that we have to wait so long for the next season to come around because as much as I'm angry at the show, I, I love it, and it's it's my crack, so... Um, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for making this what it was. It's been really cool. It's been such a cool experience to start doing something new like this, especially for me, a uh, kind of baby podcaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks you guys for putting up with my shit. Bye. Bye.